Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. And good evening. This is The Works with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We are live here at Governor's Comedy Club. And what you're seeing on the screen right now is Beer Maker. Special guest in studio today. <laughs> Beer Maker is here. No doubt about it. He is ready to go for tonight's show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. We're going to hold it on the Beer Maker shot until I figure out why the other two cameras on us and the guests aren't working. <laughs> And we will get to that in just a minute. But before we begin, we have some words from our sponsors tonight. We start off with Steve over at Rosie's Draft Solutions. <laughs> right, all right. Rosie's Draft Solutions is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft beer system services, line cleanings and maintenance, draft beer line system installs, event dispensing solutions, and more. They are passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery. And it is done by making sure draft si- the dress system the beer is being poured from is perfectly clean. Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerated installs across Long Island and Westchester. With backgrounds in professional brewing, certified Cicerone, I love that word, and off-flavor off detection, they are here to bring you professional services so you can serve the best quality product while obtaining the best yields from your kegs. You can reach Rosie's at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com or you can call them at 631-219-2075 Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And uh, it's Mike Bed. And if you uh, mention the word, you're a discount and maybe a little back scratch and a little uh, rub tub. Hey, I like that. Hey, uh, Rosie, thanks a lot for hanging out with us here in 2022. Really appreciate all your time and efforts towards the show. And we're not done, folks. We have more sponsors. Pete, take it away with Beer Maker. That handsome son of a bitch on the casting couch. Hold on, there he is. He's got a headphone set on. Beer Maker, what do you say about that? Okay, yeah. Well, hey, great. I'm not offended by what he said, so no, we're no, off to a good start. No, 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 Beer Maker, you're your at home, home countertop, countertop all grain brewing system. system. Uh, works me uh, an app. app. Easy to brew uh, all, different all different styles. They just they released, released uh, another, another one, 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 one,
beer maker uh, uh, brews all, all different types of styles, styles ales, lagers, stouts, porters, colches, Mexican lagers, IPAs, of course, both hazy and clear. Clear, 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 clear. Beer maker, use promo code the work for ten percent off your your beer purchases. That's correct. Beermaker.com. Find them on all their social media accounts. They have media accounts. Yeah, they do. Okay. Well, I well, think, I uh, think uh, I, I'm, I'm trying, trying to solve, solve all the issues, issues here, here. But, but we do, we do have, have other sponsors, sponsors really quick tonight. We are also sponsored by uh, Brewers Hardware. Uh, go to uh, brewershardware.com for small batch and uh, large capacity. Go to Brewers Hardware. We can get your tri for days. Brewers Hardware, if you go into the promo code, type in promo code wart and receive a little... Off your, off order. your order. And, and uh, uh, thank you a lot uh, for uh, Bruce Hardware for sponsors in 2023. We're also sponsored by Brewbag. Yes, Brewbag, beer pong, corn hole. Go to brewbag.com or go to our Instagram where we have in our page a link tree where you can go in and save 10% off of your customized Brewbag. They're doing vinyl wraps. You can get your company's logo, your brewery's logo, anything like that. Go to brewbag.com. It's a lot of fun to play. Brewbag.com. And finally, we're sponsored by Vintage Beer Shirt Club.com. And actually, not finally. We have one more after that. Vintage Beer Shirt Club.com for your monthly subscription. To uh, vintage beer shirt t shirts, go to vintagebeershirt.com, get your vintage beer shirt today. Type in the promo code the wart, receive a percentage off your monthly order. Finally, we are sponsored by physics, it's right here on the desk. Yes, and it's on the screen so now people can see it. Yes, it is your home tap dispensary for things like a color. Or a, or a little 16-ounce uh, hand, hand grenade, grenade? Yeah, yeah. or uh, a cross-promotion, a little 750-milliliter of wine. If you want to do wine on tap, you can do that. There's a lot of different options here, so go to physics.com, in the promo code, type in the word, receive 10% off your order, and you get some also cool, they got some, I don't know where I put my carrying bag, I got a nice hard case now for it, I can carry around a little death fluid that you can throw on there, it's a lot of fun. Physics question, so do you do the little bottles with the wine? Uh, you can. Uh, you can. Yeah, you can yeah, do you the, 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 the pushback. Push back. And, 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 and a little, little uh, nitrogen, nitrogen in there. In there. Uh, not, uh, not nitrogen, but, but it's like, like small, small, tiny, tiny CO2. Like oh, so the wine. What, what is that? Have you tried, you tried that? Just curious. Just curious. Uh, uh, I, have I have not. I have not. I have not. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, Maybe like a little, little um, I don't know what do you call that. What do you call that? Aerate the... Not like a spritzer, but without the actual spritz. I don't know. It's a good question. I think we have that. Yeah. I'm in. Go to physics.com, type in promo code the word, and receive 10% off your order. Thank you very much. Shout out again to Hopscotch and our buddies over at the Hopped Up Network. And we are live here tonight with our guest. I know you've been waiting. I know it's been, let's see, seven minutes of song and dance, as they say. But we have Mike from Circa Brewing Company in Brooklyn. We were there yesterday, had a great time. We have a lot to talk about. Steve's taking apart the physics on camera. You might want to, you know. Oh, you're going to swap it. There swap we it, go. Bro. Well, you're really supposed to run water through it. So you got your water bottle there. Run water through it. And it'll clean it out. Right, and that way you're not, you know. What am I doing with the water then? You just dump it out into your glass and dump it into this bucket that we have here. Oh, I didn't know we had Remember, we still have the puke bucket here. It's a spit here. bucket. Oh, the puke bucket. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy that. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks a lot for coming out yeah, today. I really appreciate it. We had uh, a great time with you yesterday. Uh, hanging out at the brewery, saw a lot of stuff. Um, we have a lot to talk about because uh, a lot of questions even came up after you left as we were sitting there uh, discussing kind of we saw some barrels up there we want to talk about. Yeah. 
We have some. Uh, I guess <laughs> Spoiler some alert. Yeah. They're a decoration. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say Let, that because. Let's pretend they're real. I well, was, it does feel spoiled now. Thank I you was for the warning. I'm looking at them. I'm like, those staves don't look like they're holding anything. Oh, yeah. You shine a light right through them. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, there goes that barrel program that I was going to talk about. Hey, it's got water going. See? That's good enough. Just a little right through it. Uh, Mike, again, thanks a lot for coming out. We know you you live quite the distance. Really appreciate the drive out. I think it's just more appropriate here. Mike's better. Everything's better than doing Zoom. I'm so over the Zoom stuff. I mean, I I know we still do it every now and then. I know at my school we still have faculty meetings that do it. Um, and then, you know, there's just some things you can't get away from. Uh, but in this case, this is just so much better. It's yeah, the no, one-on-one conversation like we had at the brewery yesterday. It's just so much fun. Yeah, it- I listen to a ton of podcasts and just listening to people laugh three seconds after a joke is cut or <laughs> yeah. something like that, it just totally derails it. And it's yeah. going to sound way better here than like my computer with my dogs barking right. in the background. <laughs> well, we've had that. Uh, we had uh, Chris from yeah. the Warbler whose dog was going, ow, like howling as we're doing the intro. What I do to reset that, by the way, Stephen, uh, turn turn it turn it to the that, yeah, pull it up, put it back down, set it nice flat first and yeah, get that seal. Going to need that seal on there. Try it a few times. You'll get it. It's like a trick. He's, I know. It, you know what? I've had this for over a year, and it got a lot of use. So I might have, uh, over time now, uh, kind of really messed with the seal a little bit. But that's the key, is to get that air sucked in there so the beer comes flying up. You can do it. Keeping my mouth shut. You can do it. You'll get it. <laughs> He's just going to play with it all night. <laughs> Don't suck. No, no, no. <laughs> my, that'll help. No <laughs> sucking. That'll help. There's no sucking allowed. That's what needs keep trying. Keep yeah, resetting it. That's what I have to do. I just that's have to. That's my job for today, guys. Just keep resetting it. I'm not going to be talking about anything. <laughs> once it I'm starts. going to be keep resetting well, the once it, once it starts flowing, man, it's good. That's what she said. Uh, Steve, I, I think you'll do great, wonderful things. Uh, I don't think this is your, your forte, is no. tricking out the physics. No. And Peter, uh, we've been drinking things. your beer that you brewed on the beer maker. Give us your, uh, really quick, before we get into Mike, your your ideas about how that went, how the brew process go. Oh, seamless, easy as always. You know, it's uh, like three steps. I think the most arduous portion is like filling up the water thing and walking upstairs Yeah, to fill it up again. And that's about <laughs> as hard as it was. And again. <laughs> and again. Uh, and this time, actually, I, I took the spent grain and I made uh, doggy biscuits. Doggy biscuits. Yeah, that uh, was awesome. that, I, that I brought for everybody. My dog liked them. Um, My dog's been eating them. No, didn't. No, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. Other than I uh, had a fridge problem, so the rest of the grain got spoiled. But uh, really, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, hey! like fucking magic. There See, it is. I told Q. you. Every so there often, go. you just gotta you gotta be nice to it, and it'll pour. So, Mike, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. It. I want you to give us uh, a little history yeah. of of where you uh, started with all this. Um, right now, you know, we were talking yesterday, we're going to kind of revisit a lot of those questions, but, uh, give us the background. Where'd you come from? How did this all start? How'd you get started on this journey through to where you are today? Um, well, um, all right. So (laughs) I, I guess, um, I've always been in, in and adjacent to the hospitality industry. Um, my dad's a chef, so I grew up, I was always in kitchens, always around bars and everything like that. And then once I'd like went to school, um, was always working in a bar, working in a restaurant. It was always a job. Like it was always there. It was always a way to make money. And then I went to, uh, I went to college for theater arts, uh, and got a degree in theater production. Yeah. Um, did that for a while. And I don't know how much you know about, uh, 
professional theater, <laughs> but it's it's a hard partying industry. Yeah, um, it's tough. And it, so it got like in in school, the intro is like two thousand eight or so. Um, started getting into like what was nascently craft beer like in upstate New York at that point. So like you know we would have Sam Adams and you know Sierra Nevada and Stone would make its way in there. Um, but for us, the pinnacle of like beer at like at that point, Empire Miller Chill. Oh, not even close. No, not even Middle close. Uh, but that was kind of the that that was like the first gateway into being like, oh, I, beer can taste different. It doesn't have to just taste like like corny water. Like, <laughs> and you know, if if I would say that every fruited sour or fruited Kolsch stands on the brave shoulders of Miller Chill and Bud Light Lime. Um, but then, yeah, Empire was a big. They were a really big influence. Um, and then as I started getting like more educated in craft beer yeah. uh middle ages brewing up in syracuse uh, middle ages yeah super fantastic beer. i'll be in uh i'll be in syracuse uh february 4th i believe that's a friday i'll be up there i'm gonna stop at a few places i got my eyes on some things any recommendations um in syracuse i'm not entirely sure what's still there or around uh so but if you're going if you want to venture out a little bit further mm -hmm. uh head out uh west a little bit more um down in the finger lakes mm -hmm. uh a lot of fantastic breweries down there. Yeah. Uh, Lucky Hair Brewing. Oh, I've heard um, of it, yep. Fantastic brewery. Um, it's about an hour out, right, to get over there? Just Somewhere about, there? yeah, because yeah, there's no direct route to get there. Yeah, but. <laughs> it's it's all like Route 2. <laughs> it's over the hills and through the woods. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of little places over there. Uh, two Goats Brewing. Uh, just a, yes. Yeah. Three Goats just, would be too many, for yes. sure. <laughs> but yes. you keep two, two is the, the, right the ideal number yes. of goats. Um, they're both really great places run by really great people. Um you know, Wagner Valley Brewing attached to Wagner Winery is also pretty good. Mm. Um, I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, they've they've been just quietly making beer yeah. <laughs> under the table. Like, yeah, yeah, we got beer. Mm. Yeah, it's it's the stop that everybody goes to when their husbands get to enjoy the wine. Yes. <laughs> ah. And if you're feeling a little squirrely, uh, Seneca Lake or yeah, Seneca Lake Distilling. Yeah. Fantastic booze. I went to uh, Hudson River um, Distilling, uh, or Hudson no Hudson River Distilling, and then there was also. Um, the one that's in uh, by Yogi Bear by um, uh, the the what's the the cider that's Angry Orchard. There's a really great distillery. It's in three different buildings down like a hill. One's like the tasting room and the shop. Then there's the restaurant, and then there's like a tap room where they also have local craft beer because I believe they have a farmer's license. So more than likely they got everything there, and it's awesome. And literally, if you're camping over at Yogi Bear Yellowstone Jellystone or whatever it is. You can walk across the street and it's right over there. So it's right across the street. I forget the name of it. I had, I want to say it's like in Tannertown, Tan 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 whatever, something town. Tannerville? Tannerville, maybe? Eh, it seems about right. Maybe Tannerville. But uh, yeah, it's it, you know just the same concept. The craft distilling in New York is underrated at this point. People are doing some amazing things. Uh, and it's they're just little places, you know, tucked away. Yeah, little little tiny spots. And the th I mean the thing that we all kind of run into in the, the fermented product industry and like the alcohol industry is that our, our stuff isn't instantaneous. Like the, the distilleries, you know, you want to put together a years. decent whiskey. You got two years before you see any profits off that batch and like any revenue off that batch, yeah. not profits. Yes. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then with the wineries, you know, if they're doing it proper and they got a vineyard going, you're, you're, you're not longer. Yeah, you you got years before those plants mature to the point where they're gonna, sure. you know, 
do their thing. And the breweries, you know, we're a little bit more slapdash. You know, we, we can crank something out in two weeks, but still, <laughs> and, you know, and somebody comes in and be like, oh, what do you got that's new? And it's like, ah, it's nothing for a couple weeks. You come back in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Come talk to us. Um, but, yeah, that's it's about the long and short of upstate. And so, like, getting into it, um, I worked in theater for a long time and got to travel around the country and drink in a bunch of different places. Um, I got lucky enough to live in Burlington, Vermont for a stretch of time. Nice. Oh, boy. Bingo. Um, and where I was uh, 2010, 2011, um, where I was living. There's a couple, a couple breweries that are from. But they're no namers, right? There's, there's nothing. Yeah, no there's one anyone's heard nothing, of. Nothing, nothing, right nothing. Hat? No, mm. nothing hat. Uh, <laughs> like, just on the road from Magic Hat and then got a bunch of little tiny ones. Of, I think it's Vermont uh, Vermont Beer Company or Vermont yeah. Craft Brewing, like right in downtown Burlington, making just, from what I remember, really good English beers at the time. Like, uh, Was that the same, is it the same guy from down here? Is it Mike? Was that Mike from uh, Port Jeff? No, was Mike from no, Port no, Jeff no. was uh, Killington. Was Killington. Killington. Mm-hmm. There that's, you go. That's what I'm thinking of. Not Burlington. Uh, it's an, I know it was a tin. Yeah. It was a tin. You know, and then a... from there, worked around... Um, I got tired of doing what I was doing, moving to a different place every six to nine months, working in a different, working in a different theater, living in a different town, um, and got settled back upstate and found a place that was looking to hire an assistant brewer. I'd been homebrewing for a long stretch of time at that Ooh. point, like, and found a place that was dumb enough to hire me as an assistant. <laughs> um, they they no longer exist, but that's for any correlation. <laughs> no, actually. Uh, Thank they, goodness. They lasted a year after I left. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Which place was it? Uh, it was there... a little place called Bandwagon Brewing. It was in downtown Ithaca. Um, hmm. Nobody jumped on that. Yeah, no, no. Nobody <laughs> no. was on the bandwagon. <laughs> it, was, it was a very, there was a lot of seats on the wagon. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and got started there, and the head brewer left about six months into me being there, and they're like, yeah, you get up there. You can do it, stupid. <laughs> you got no experience, but yeah, we like the way you work. Um so I took that over. Uh, we built up a 10-barrel production facility on a little farm a couple miles up the road. Um, was there for almost three years doing that. Mm. Kind of just, at, by the time I left, it felt like spinning my wheels because like didn't have any other experience, didn't have anybody to teach me stuff. And mm. uh, That's, that's got to be the hardest part. Like you're sitting there, you go there for a purpose of to be part of something, have that that uh, experience to make it a jumping off point, and you're like, I'm, there's no, nowhere to go. Yeah. And what do I yeah. do now? Sort of plateau, uh, yeah, I guess, a few, after a few months, right? Of, yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, you, there's only so much you can teach yourself. Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. you, you read all you want, but like. And that's probably before YouTube Aversity launched. Pretty mm. much, yeah. yeah. I was getting books from the Brewers Association yeah. like, through the mail, through a catalog. Yep. Like, so it was a whole, like, thing. And so I, that's when I moved down to Baltimore, where I had lived previously, and got a job with uh, Duke Law Brewing Company. Worked there for about two and a half years. Um, learned a lot. Uh, made a lot of cool, like sure. really cool shit. Um, little, little different than the bandwagon in the uh, tucked away <laughs> Ooh, yep. hamlet of uh, Nova, New York. Just I don't know where it was? Uh, it Ithaca. was Ithaca. Yeah, that's right. I know. <laughs> sub of, sub hamlet. Places. That's why I said hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet's like a sub village, right? Isn't it? York. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But that's got to be a, a huge transition from what a couple of people in the brew house to now. It, it, it was from just me just to a couple being a part of a team and like yeah. working with equipment I had never even seen sure. before. Like my first day, they stuck me on a centrifuge that like I was like, <laughs> I don't know, this, it spins I, it around real good. What, what? <laughs> spinning, and they so spinning. 
like worked there for a bunch of years and then um when the do you do you miss this centrifuge uh yes yes yeah. I do. it, <laughs> I was, you it do. was a fantastic piece yes. of equipment when it was acting right um <laughs> but someone throws a rusty penny in there and it's all over the over. whole centrifuge is over. even too much yeast it's over yeah. oh really yeah. just yeah. Cut, just all the particulate just kind of interrupts the flow i they're, guess they're very so they're meant to pull all that stuff out but if you if you just hit too much it gets real angry with you mm. and starts <laughs> shooting it down the drain and tells you you fucked up and yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it has, i'm not mad i'm disappointed mike <laughs> yeah and it yells real loud and like stops itself and makes a noise a whole brewery can hear so they know you fucked they all up. know that you did it <laughs> mike's at it again yeah, here he goes yeah the the head brewer who had been there for uh, forever at that point um, was being transitioned away um, because they wanted to do like a brand refresh because that the ownership felt that like things were kind of stale and they they wanted to like regain some relevancy in the beer market because we were based in Baltimore or just outside of Baltimore and then we say Baltimore because it's easier um, but we couldn't we didn't have any draft lines in the city. We didn't have no much, contracts, no nothing. No, we wow. We could not sell beer in Baltimore City. We would have some <laughs> stuff on like liquor store shelves, but they would just sit. Um, and we would be shipping. So the big one was Sweet Baby Jesus and yeah. chocolate peanut butter porter. That's the one that everybody knows. Um, and we would ship that that's, that's, all over the that place. How does that happen? Is it the marketing Shitty team? Salesperson? Yeah. What? Well, we didn't really have a lot of salespeople because um, they what they did was transitioned from a small brew pub into like several restaurant brew pub kind of situation okay. and then into the big production facility and they were like they just didn't because it was everybody who worked there at that like who was there doing that transition it was their first brewery so they were all learning on the go ah. yeah. and so like you know things they just they didn't have that kind of like backing behind them that they really needed to like but do you think people in the restaurant area there got scared like they already have these brew pubs they're not gonna have anything for you think it was a little bit of that too just lack of communication that like oh, we're listening to con- we're looking to send stuff out you guys want to pick up a line or yeah it might it, it definitely could have been that i know that the the like the environment was a little different mm. in baltimore back then like there was a little bit more competition because it was you know there was only a couple of big guys and then when a bunch of new places started to open to like really like enhance that brewing market like that's when things kind of scaled back and so it was okay how do we how do we compete like compete with these guys how do we like stay relevant with all these fresh new little breweries coming up and so that was uh the guy who was made head brewer and myself that was kind of our charge was to okay we're gonna we gotta make new stuff so we're gonna make new stuff and that's what we did. Like it was <laughs> time to come up with something that's going to compete with the little guys. And there's there's yeah. a David and the Goliath moment right there for yeah. breweries. I mean, you got a big brewery. You see, it's just kind of at the point of entry. To just it's like a stalemate. Like nothing's going on that's killing it. And now you have a chance to jump on the market. You'll have a time before you know guys like you come into a brewery and save you know some of the face of that and be able to uh, resurrect the name, the brand, and of course produce good beer yeah and it was like it was definitely a, a team effort like it took a ton of people to like really get them like get things turned around and get it going and yeah. like that was for as as rough of a job as it could be sometimes that was probably one of the better companies i've worked for like great crew of people and just like the ownership was like dave the owner was super focused on like okay this is the goal we got to do this we also have to keep doing what we've been doing but like we got to do this stuff too and he he did kind of give us a freedom to like just create 
and like that's, and there was that jumping off point you were looking for. That was yeah. that was the experience you wanted upstate and in Ithaca and beyond, and that was something that you had to be like, yes. At that point, were yeah. you now allowed to create recipes? What were you? What was your yes. focus at that point? So what we were doing was sort of revamping some old recipes, and then it was a lot of like it was a, a ton of young like younger guys who half of them were really into like all the hype breweries and like going down and doing the, doing the can drops and doing that whole thing. And then there was a couple of us who were much more like traditionally minded, like really looking to the older stuff. And then we had, um, I think we had two or three brewmasters roll through there while I was there. Hmm. Um, and the one who was there for the longest while I was there, he was, he had been brewing for almost 40 years. He started in the Philippines brewing for San Miguel down there, Jesus. down in the Philippines. So he knew like <laughs> he knew industrial lager and industrial production and like had all of that information. In Mass his, quantities of lagers. Yeah. Just... And like quality control standards that we had never seen before, like mm. that we just didn't know because we hadn't, none of us had been in that position. Or in a production facility that large that you could do that and yeah. get it out in mess. Yeah. And like we got spoiled. Like we had all the... <laughs> Best equipment All we could toys, need. Yeah. Like we had everything. Most of the time, we had everything we needed. Um, but it was just like, okay, we're gonna make these things. We're gonna do this, and it was just, it was balls to the wall. Like yeah. it was work, and it was hard work, and we did it, and we drank a lot, and we yelled at each other a lot, <laughs> and like it got real. Like there was a lot of animosity, like towards the end. But I think it was just because we were all under a ton of pressure, yeah. and like it just. It kind of that crew kind of fell apart, but it was all our own fault. Like we, fucking 25, 26, 27 year old guys, you don't know how to like really discuss out your problems and like <laughs> make a go of it. Like you're just an idiot. You know, you, you really want to at that age. You're just like, I'll oh, just drink my problems away. That's yeah. that was the answer. Yeah, um, and then take it out on something like a, a a piece of wood and smash it over things. And you're like, what? Well, what's wrong with you? Well, nothing. I don't have any problems. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't just throw that keg across the brewery. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Are any of the uh, those recipes you came up with, you know, are any of those still available from Duclos? Anything? You uh, yeah, I, the recipes that like we all developed because it was always a team effort. Like, sure, we could, you know, want, you could take credit for like an idea or whatever. But it, it, I, I was always, I'm always going to give credit to everybody that I worked with, down from like from the people who pay the bills down to the guys who fold case trays. Like, it's it's everybody's like. It's everybody's thing. So yeah. like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and take credit for, you know, their one, it's called Purple Passion. It is a uh I believe it is a black lava sea salt and blackberry uh goza. Uh mm. it is a Ravens themed beer. I don't even think I saw DeClaw come out with the Goza. I always but, remember, you know, the stout, there was an IPA in there, there was some stuff, but I those were those more those weren't sold as more like taproom type stuff or So they were all like the dis- the distribution of that one was much more local. Uh, yeah, same okay. with uh, this other one we had called Gozo's. It was a cantaloupe <laughs> and uh, sea salt Ooh. goza that was Orioles themed, and we sold a ton of it during ah, baseball season. Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Um, it's always good to like throw throw the sports theme out there. People will gobble it up. It's oh good. yeah, especially and it's good if it's good. Forget it. Yeah, and the liquid spoke for itself. The same like same as always. Like that was our that was always our goal. Like was to make sure that no matter what we did. Um, no matter how gimmicky we got, and oh, did we get gimmicky? Um, <laughs> the liquid always had to be good, so it had to, the liquid had to stand up to any of just like the bullshit criticism from people. Did the? Uh, I mean, obviously, I like a good goes on a summer day, baseball season, hot summer days at the stadium. Did you get the sell to the stadium and the distributor there, or not? While I was there, no. But they have it now. I th- maybe 
I would feel like you, you're DeClaw. You're fucking from Baltimore. Well, the, just outside Baltimore. But I mean, just you're, outside, you're, just you're, just outside. But you're uh, still Rose you're Hill like there. the staple there. They would they should have that local st- heavy C should be there. They should have a bunch of those types of breweries on the t- like when I go to City Field or, or Yankee Stadium, I want to see some Queens and some Brooklyn breweries on tap, not just Brooklyn, though I like it, and not just maybe LIC who was in there a couple of years ago, dropped off, came back. <clears throat> I see Goose Island, I like it. There's certain things I like about their lineup, but well, yeah, I mean when you go to City Field now, you see like um five boroughs and right, yeah, you know, that's which, the kind is, of stuff which is which is good to see. see, you know. I want to see that all those types of stadiums take in a little bit of their local flavor. So over at like in MetLife Stadium, take in some of the Jersey Bolero Snort should be there. They're 10, 10 minutes away, maybe less. Um, you know, a couple of those, uh, let's say, Brooklyn, Northern Brooklyn, Manhattan, Bronx area too. Just get them all in there because that, to me, when I go in there, yeah, you're still going to have a crap ton of Bud Light, a crap ton of Miller and all the other stuff, people, Coors Light. Uh, but you should want or have a spot there that for those craft beer drinkers, even if it's one in the whole you know, stadium. like Blue Moon. Yeah, right. Just like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like a nice Hefeweizen. For the, for the cla- craft beer connoisseur. Well, yes, this this Stella Artois is delicious. Let me get my knife across the top <laughs> and take off the foam. <laughs> now enjoy the game, young sir. Thank you. I would imagine, though, you know, having, um, you know, the, the brewery there and that relationship, it just should have made sense sooner than it did yeah definitely and i it, part of it does come down to in maryland especially uh the franchise laws with distributors are really strict and really weird yep um oh so it's a it's a totally different ball game yeah, yeah no yeah. pun intended <laughs> the, the, there's one county where you can self-distribute but it's one of the it's montgomery county it's down towards dc suburbs mm. and the law the laws are really they're very very different than like That's strange than here um but we also have like we started building a sales team and our sales the sales team that's there still the core of that sales team are the people who really did a lot of that work. Yeah, it did take really, a lot of like just getting on the phone, traveling out. Yeah, yeah, hitting the ground. And one of our biggest, our the guy who's the head of sales now, Brooke, uh, he worked for like the best liquor store in the city, a place called the Wine Source. Mm. Um, shameless plug because I spent a lot of money there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have Total Wine. Do you have Total Wine down there? Yes, there are Total Wines in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he used Spent to be the beer buyer. Eighty dollars the other day. Did you? Oh, yes. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was for that was like a couple wife. of weekends. <laughs> that wasn't even. I didn't get anything for me even. Oh, what were you it doing? was like yeah. for the, for family. The, yeah, for like the wife and my ah, daughters. And Christmas and I'm like holidays. What hundred eighty? I'm like. Twelve eighty-five dollars of its seltzers. It was like no, it was twelve <laughs> bottles of wine. Oh yeah. Uh, there was these uh, those cocktails, like the Bacardi oh, cocktails, yeah. mojito things, and oh, the gin and tonic one. Yeah, was, they, it's not Half Moon. What's the, what is it called? It's something. High noon. High, High noon. noon. Thank you. Yeah, they actually those, no, are, Bacardi, those aren't bad. Bacardi does one. It's a rum punch. Yeah, and a mojito. They freaking taste really good. <sighs> 10%, I don't, I don't know 12% if I can get, alcohol? I'd rather make my own mules or something. Yes, that, that's me too. That's always nice. Me yeah. too. Get a couple bottles to we go. we got a lot of people checking in here. Yeah? yeah. Oh, snap. Who's checking in? Give a, give, give a quick shout out. Got here. I, I got saw Heatmeister Brews checking in. I saw uh, uh, Six S- Harbors. Six Harbors, and he said- uh, They wanted to join the by show. By the way, there is uh, a distillery opening up in Huntington. Oh, really? So look at that. That'd be interesting. So we got, uh, yeah, the Heatmeister. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go all the way back. Wow, you got a, there's a lot going on there, Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Rockaway Beach Studios, mm-hmm. the Heat Miser, mm-hmm. Six Harbors, Les Kevs, Craft yeah. uh, Not, uh, Crap Li. Uh, she loves beer. Oh, Sheila. Yeah, oh, hey. Hey, Sheila. Sheila. Phineas 
from oh, yeah, from the Long Island Beer Club. Yeah, yep. Phineas uh, is on there. Big Rob one eight seven. Hey, Big Rob. Uh, that uh, that G Sally. Hey. Uh, Frank Del Gorcio. I think we're just going to do a whole segment on Steve reads the names off Instagram. <laughs> this is fantastic. Bro, this is like... Pronounce these handles. The so. Nostalgialist. Oh. Uh, oh, we got Manny from Lithology. Hey, hey what's, what's up, up Manny? Manny? And we got Ryan Hannon 4. Oh, well, a lot of people checking in tonight on the live Instagram feed. Yes, we are live on Instagram right now. And Manny says, have a great show, boys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Uh, we're also live on YouTube and live on Facebook. And the phone number here, if you want to call in and join the show, 516-465-3990. It's right there at the bottom of the screen if you're watching. Wizard if Romney's not, in there, too. Steve will put it in the uh, the Instagram chat if anyone wants to uh, join in. Get type it in, 516-465-3990. Oh, I say it 18 on. times a night. you got to know, know it right now. I, I don't get any of it. 516-465-3990. Give us a call and chat with Mike. So, Mike... You uh, well traveled, as we know. You down in Baltimore. How long were you at Declaw? I was there uh, about two and a half years. That's a good amount of time to get a lot of great experience. What right now? Before we get into kind of where you went from there, what were the big takeaways coming from a big, uh, you know, manufacturer? Uh, production brewing kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the fact that like it's just it gets very very repetitive. Yep. Um, yeah. So if you're not into like it's it's actually fantastic for being hungover. Um, because you just go into autopilot for your 400,000th batch of porter. Um, <laughs> and then have, actually having access to people who know what they're doing and then having access to um, barrels, actually taking it back to that little yeah. uh, little gem. Um, we talked about before the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We really uh, started working on like, really started working on a barrel program there because they had a ton of barrels. They had stuff in barrels, but it was just sitting there. And then um, it was my in my first year there. Um, Barrel aged sour called the Devil made me do it. Won the Governor's Cup. Ah, there you go. Um, nice. So there was there got to be more in, like much more interest in like really pursuing the barrel program and like working it on breaks that up the like, production day too. That you get to go over to the barrels and you know take some tests, take some culture, see what happens. Yeah, and barrel. Well, some some barrel days were a little rough because when you're doing you know you're doing eighty barrels and you have to ch- you have to taste uh, every single one. All right. Starting at 8 a.m. And figure out how to blend them. Yeah, and like it's it gets when you hit like 40, like it's fun for the first 20, <laughs> and then like 24, 25 is usually like vinegar, and then you get to like 40, and you're just like, fuck, how many more of these do we have? <laughs> like, can we just can we just dump a couple of these and taste them? <laughs> that like, seems to me like a good TikTok right there for like you know to go out on the internet, like 20 barrels in, and the guy just said 40 barrels, and he's like, <laughs> 80 barrels. You're just you're just done. You, that day is over. <laughs> Um, pallet shot, nothing left. Oh yeah, you can't taste it. By the end of the day, like you could drink coffee and it tastes like water. Like, <laughs> you go to have bacon, you shed a tear. I can't taste the bacon. Fuck why? Bacon. I mean that that alone brings you to kind of where you are, right? So you you left a claw. Yeah, and then I spent like almost I spent almost a year at DC Brow uh, down in Washington DC. Ah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, fantastic company. Cool place, Great too. people, yeah. Isn't that right yeah. outside uh, National Stadium? Uh, on that walkway? Or there was one there? No, that's uh, so that's Blue Jacket. That's But that it wasn't Blue Jacket then. I definitely went to okay. D.C. Um, um, I got to remember. Maybe I didn't go to it there. Maybe they had like a satellite bar set up. It wasn't the actual brewing. Potentially. Brew house. Um, because like D.C. Rao is just over. It's just over the line. It's in Bladensburg. Okay. Um, so it's just it's outside of downtown um, and it, under in this little warehouse under a post like a post office and next to a fried chicken joint. Like 
You, if it you sounds did, ideal. Yeah. Built in oh. customer base. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And fried chicken. Yep. <laughs> and and you can mail your, your packages <laughs> when necessary. Yeah, mail was never late getting there. So if we ever <laughs> anybody ordered anything, you just order it to the brewery. It's there in like two days. Um but that was a great little place to work for as well. Um, I took over their barrel aging program uh, for the time that I was there. Uh, did a lot of blending and like taking old barrels that have been sitting around and like finding something to do with them. Mm. Um, got to participate in the Jameson Caskmates program, which was really cool. Oh, cool. Um, so what did that entail? Did you have to like sign up for it? It was a lottery? What, what, um, how did I that th- work? They had done it before um, and they just kept reaching out to us. Um, oh. It was through some previous relationship. With one of the one of the with, owners, or uh, I think with through a distributor of some sort, oh, okay. something like that. Yeah, um, and like working with that was it was pretty cool. Like their barrels they sent us were always dog shit, but yeah, they they just if I want a third use Jack Daniels barrel, <laughs> um, but it was really cool. And like we got you know we got to taste. They sent us cases of stuff and like. Um, Nice. Yeah. yeah. And like, that yeah, was another kind of production brewery job. That's where I learned how to make lager, like really, really learned how to make lager because that's one of their best beers. It's one of their best sellers. Like, it, and we just made it all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, here's like, here's how you really do it. Like I knew how to make, I knew how to make lager the quick and dirty way, like the big industrial way, but then like really learning the craft of like making a lager and doing all the testing and sensory on it throughout fermentation yeah. to really dial in like exactly the thing you want and no batch of lager like no batch of their pilsner leaves that building without everyone on the brew staff signing off on it Mm. like we just we would always try everything and everybody would try everything and it was that that place was all about consistency. It's there like was, the jury in a murder trial. <laughs> like yes, they're trying to get, Pete's trying to convince that last old biddy that the uh, tax evasion of the <laughs> the guy that we we're talking about from God. Staten Island. <laughs> Or was it Staten Island? No, it was Staten Island Brooklyn. Ferry. It was a Staten Island Ferry, right? He fell and slipped. He was a worker. Yeah, that's right. Slip, trip, and fall. Slip, trip, and fall. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if one guy holds out, does it really just stop right there? Yeah, it stops until wow. it's like, and it's not, nobody's like petty about it or anything. No, no, like, no. They're being honest. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things like, okay, this needs to sit for another couple of days or like this needs to just go through a little bit more of a rest or a little bit more process like, and we'll revisit it. It was never, nobody was ever just like, no. Dump it. it. Yeah. No, we never did that. This <laughs> is <laughs> shit. What? Mike comes running out. What did I hear? <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> Figure this shit out in the background. <laughs> I mean, that, that's got to be a good part of that process, right? You, you got to be happy that once it gets through all those checkpoints of everyone that knows beer that works there, you're very happy to see it leave the door. You'll know, you know, quality control. It's gone through until it's, uh, you know. Exactly. Cross and, the T's and dot the I's. And the owner, uh, one of the owners, Jeff, he's a, a real science nerd, so he has all like the hardcore lab equipment. Oh, yeah. All they're do- didn- doing all the tests on it. Um, and so. So many Bunsen burners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beakers and beakers. beakers and lots of test tubes. And we just, it was, um, it was really so we would know that everything that went out, if it came back as a problem, wasn't our problem. Right. <laughs> Really, so, so we don't pa- have to give any refunds. Was it in pa- were you packaging? Were you just sending out through kegs? What was yeah, we were doing uh, so kegs and cans. Okay. Um, and then some like large format. Uh, well, actually, we moved into all cans. We put put a Russian Imperial Stout in a can and just like turned a few heads with that one. People were just like, what? 12%? 14? Uh, Ooh. I, uh, Twelve ounce can? 16 ounce can? 16 ounce, 16 oh. ounce cans. Uh, it, what, what year was this? Uh, <laughs> no, no, seriously. You got a DeLorean? You want to go like, back? Started in 18, then uh, 19 again. They've okay. Been out ever since. Okay. Yeah. O- only because now it's people don't even think twice about it. 
You yeah. see, you see Russian Imperial. You see sta- also, but yeah, around 17, 18, If you were doing that, people were like, hmm. why is this in a, not in a large format bottle? What are you doing here? Yeah, what's going yeah. on? Why is this not going to gush all over my counter because I didn't store it correctly? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like a good gusher. Yeah, you know, you want to clean yourself out at the end. Of yeah, the no, I don't. I was just kidding. <laughs> Being very sarcastic. No, you're a gusher. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. You got me on that one. I, uh, I, I. So you're at DC Brow. You, you got this uh, experience again. Duclaw, big place. DC Brow, smaller place. Similar sizes, actually. Really? Yeah. It was uh, producing as much. Uh, yeah. They're just. They were just about equal those couple of years. Get out of here! Wow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brow really only sells like. 60% of their business while I was there was straight in, like, D.C. metro area. Okay. Like, D.C. metro and surrounding suburbs. And so, like... Okay. So, you had enough contracts, enough lines in the yeah, city that yeah. you could definitely sustain all that beer going on. All right. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And it, aside from, like, the summertime in that sweaty little basement... Here we go. <laughs> yep. It was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it does get hot in D.C. A little hotter than it does up here. We don't, they don't have the, uh, the, the wind off the, uh, the ocean like we do here. But I, uh, I, I want to find out because, I mean, so right now we know you live in Staten Island. I do, yes. <laughs> and not that that's an odd place to live, but it's it's like a weird thing for people even here on Long Island. have just such a big community. It's a big place. City, another island. Okay. But Staten Island is just its own thing. So what made you kind of come from D.C.? And that's where you came, so there first or? Pete Davidson. That's yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all trying to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time to. Just, I got to get divorced first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I moved to Staten Island because it's from my take Chloe. Lived. Is uh, Chloe? Who's the youngest one? Uh, oh, Caitlin and... No, not Caitlin. Caitlin's the father. Uh, who's the young, young, young woman? The, the, she's like 22. Kylie? Kylie. There you go. Kylie Jenner. I'm so embarrassed right now. Yeah, yeah you should yeah, be. I am. It's a good thing I didn't remember it, so thank you. <laughs> and, there you go. There's a couple and, of Kardashians and, left. And, and don't talk Kate, about Caitlyn like that. I'm oh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> that, I, I, I want to one. I, I figured as much. I So, I mean, you, you had this in-between area. Um, did you go back upstate? Yeah, I briefly went back upstate. Um, stayed with my parents for a little while with the intention of like, always, the always intention was moving to the city. Um and I was just going to go up there, work in a restaurant for six, seven months, like just make, save money save and like hand. move. Um, and then mm, two, three weeks into that, things kind of fell apart. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody, we, we weren't allowed outside. There was no oh, toilet that paper. Thing. Ah, um, gotcha. No, no, that was just a passing thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just two weeks. Yeah, but that's, good. You know, that's what I thought. So it was just- Locked down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Everything got back to Everything normal. Everything was back to normal. Perfect. Yeah, got to flatten curve. that curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flatten it real nice. Just the way they thought it was. Little, little did we know it wasn't the, the children's roller coaster. <laughs> it was the cyclone. <laughs> well, we're flattening it. It's just in the wrong axis. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. I uh, I, I hear uh, February 15th, uh, basically COVID's over, and I'm, I'm hoping that's the case, right. but you know, I'm optimistic. I was optimistic a, f- a few times in the last few years. <laughs> Got to give so, that up. No, I know. It, well, it's going to be just like South Park. I hope not. 37 yeah. years from now, it's still COVID. Oh, no. Please, no. I can't deal with it anymore. Oh, sorry. So I had to take a sip before I asked that question. The 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 whole thing. So you were, you went upstate, and this was what? what Feb- January, February time? February, yeah. All right. So you missed Steve's brewery closing um, right around that moment. <laughs> And uh, you could have uh, actually owned Barrage Brewing Company. Here bought, I would have sold it to you. I would have sold it Instead to you. Instead of to the guy in Detroit that bought it lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. And I don't, still don't know what he did with it, but. 
It's God bless him. It's in his garage. God bless him. It's a real barrage now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, so you know, that happened. Were you stuck there then, upstate, or did you say, you know, well, I'm just going to push through and make it down to the city? So I like got laid off, and I was like, okay, I'll go visit my girlfriend. Like, I'll, it's two weeks. I'll yeah. go. I'll stay it's for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I love when he says it's just two weeks. Two yeah, years later. Yeah, yeah, two years later, I haven't <laughs> left. Uh, but I just went. I lost. Got laid off on the 16th. Got on a train on the 17th, was down here, and didn't leave. And <laughs> was just couch, I was just unemployed on my girlfriend's couch for like Was it six weird months. to come to the city, I mean, live in the city for the, like, the first time during that moment, those moments? I think it was fantastic for me. Because <laughs> okay. uh, it, like, I there never- There was a bright side. Yes. yes. I never thought I would live in New York City. Like, mm-hmm. I always actively was just like, I don't want to live in this fucking city. I fucking hate this place. Like, mm-hmm. it can sink into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then, like- Came in here and like experienced it and like got to walk around with like not a shitload of people all over the place and like yep. mm. truly enjoy the architecture and and the grounds and the walking around and what's yeah I get it and like that's kind of was like okay I guess I can tolerate this and like after so you agree the people in New York City are the problem one hundred percent yes, yes. Yeah. I include myself in that as well. uh, we no all... self deprecation around here <laughs> the one thing we leave off the table really and, no yeah oh no Steve I don't know what you're doing. But, I mean, that's got to be like, uh, I don't want to say culture shock, but something completely different. From working in DeClaw, Baltimore City, D.C. City, I know you came from upstate, but, you know, that's got to be like, wow, I, I thought it was going to be, I thought there was going to be yeah. more to that, but you didn't want that. No, I, like, I, you know, I always wanted to live in a city. Like, I'm not, I grew up in the country, and I am not... Um, a country boy? Yeah. If I have to be, I will be. <laughs> like I can fit in at the bonfire, uh, <laughs> but like it's I the just, beard. It's yeah, the beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the, it's the brewer's uniform. Yeah, it makes me look yeah. outdoorsy. Um, I did notice you don't have a jeep, and of course, I don't think you own a quad at this point. I, I do own a jeep. Oh, oh shit! Oh, shit. There, there it is. Oh. All right. So you still got some country in you still. Yeah, it lives in my parents' garage. There you go. Nice. Um, but yeah, and then you know it's. I'd rather live in a city. I'd rather be able to like get Indian food at four in the morning or like. <laughs> it's true. It's having yeah. the access, like when you grow up without access to like anything because you live in the middle of nowhere, have it like, if you really wanted, like always want to try, like I'm always trying new stuff and I'm always looking for new things to do and new experiences and stuff like that to, you know, keep life from being a just crushing slog. <laughs> um, so like a, a city presents that. And I think, living in a couple of B tier so like you work your way up it's like <laughs> and that's what made New York City a little bit more like I, I wouldn't say inviting but yeah. much more uh tolerable um and that makes sense yeah I mean it's it's just like the dream of of kind of making it in the big city yeah I got yes it's always there you have the, it's, the, as much as you know the people make it shit the aura of New York City still allows it to be. Like this thing that you just can't escape. You, you're never gonna move again, are you? You're pretty much here now. I, uh, you would never. Hopefully, I <laughs> yeah, don't want to go. Pack, oh, well, I, there's I nothing off the table yet. I don't want to pack up my shit again. <laughs> <laughs> I just got settled in. It's been two years. <laughs> how, so how is Staten Island? I mean, g- give me a because I'm I visited a few times. I've driven through it a million times. What's the vibe on there? It's like separate from everything else, right? It just it's not New York City, so you can't. A lot think of mob of bosses, right? No, there's not a lot. <laughs> well, there was that one that got shot like a year yeah. or two yeah. ago. Well, in his own fucking drive. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know it's it's different. Yeah, um, it's how do I put this gently? Um, 
It's a don't first, don't put a jet. Yeah, well, we're not from there, so <laughs> not a, Yeah, I just want to piss off my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to drive home and go fuck shit. I'm um, gonna tell them to listen to the show, and yet they're gonna be pissed <laughs> off. I shit it on Staten Island. I uh, thought it was always nice. I mean, the mall is, is huge and awesome. Uh, I've been to in the town where Flagship and Killsboro is, and pretty cool walking through back and forth. Uh, there's some really nice areas. Richmond area is nice. There's uh, a couple of good places on the North Shore there that overlook the the harbor and everything. There's yeah. some beautiful places there. Yeah, and the dump. And, and then there's the dump. There's right. a zoo. The, the dump. The, the zoo is very yes. Oh, the, yeah, the Staten Island Zoo is there. That's right. Um, but it's it's a very isolated community. Um, people don't really take well to outsiders, really. Hmm. Um, Unless you'd like... Like in the Children of the Corn way, or... <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Right there, there's yeah. a lot more, like, aqua velva and hair gel. <laughs> um, but a lot of... Most of my neighbors hair are net. nice. Aqua velva. <laughs> Man, you pulled that one out. <laughs> I'm older than I look. Um, but a lot of times, as long as I don't talk about anything of any importance at the bar, yeah. everything's fine. Yeah, good idea. Um, Smart move. Yeah, uh, we, we we don't go out a ton on the island. Uh, yeah. Usually if we go out, we go into the city or, you know, one of several little holes that we found where, you know, like-minded individuals exist and we don't have to hear about uh, Q or anything like that. <laughs> it is. That's one of the things about Staten Island that, you know, everyone pictures New York City uh, as being very you know, politically left, I guess is, you know, maybe a generic way of saying it, but Staten Island skews very much to, to the right. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, in the... In the boroughs, I think that's the only so representation that's Republican, yep, right? There's it's the only red yeah. borough. Yeah, uh, voted lean real heavily for Curtis in the last mayoral election. Oh, uh, yeah, which I don't know. I think it would be kind of cool to see a, a septuagenarian karate fighting teenagers <laughs> outside of a Nike store. The, uh, the the last congressman I think almost won after like coming out of jail. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, was I forget what oh, the charge uh, was, but like my favorite part about that is where hit he got somebody caught, with a car. Was a vehicular. He homicide? got caught on camera. This wasn't what he went to jail for, but he right. got caught on camera with like Verizon's version of News Twelve of like threatening to throw the reporter over the fucking yes. balcony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, boy. That that tracks. And that guy almost yes. won. <laughs> and he almost won. <laughs> I mean, so you you do leave the island almost every day to come to work. Yeah. So how is that commute? Because you're coming into Brooklyn, uh, you're on Staten Island, uh, driving as we found out, and parking sucks. So you try to, I guess, limit that and really as much as you can. Yeah. What's your commute like? How's that working? And and how does that work with the scheduling, everything that goes on with the brewing? So the the scheduling, I one of the reasons I took the job with Circa is because I make my own schedule. Nice. So I don't have to be there at five in the morning. I don't have to like get up the ass crack of dawn or anything like that. Like my, my, my brew days are about six hours. So as long as I'm in and working by nine o'clock, yeah. like super good. Um, but you know, like I, I, I try to take public transit as much as I can. We do have a fairly reliable transit system. Uh, and so, is there know, a subway? There's a subway, right? Well, no, there's just the Staten Island Railroad. Just the railroad, okay. Yeah, and that only goes... And it goes like, north. Yeah, it just goes, like, come. right along the edge of the island. Yeah. Um, but the buses usually run pretty well. You okay. Catch bus, and it's an hour into the city, you know. Oh, that's not too bad. All right. Yeah, and the ferry is super relaxing most of the time. Like, that's the... the I think that's what I would take. I, I just like the idea of the, the ferry and you get to see the you know Manhattan every day and just kind of just pull right in and step right off. Yeah, it's like just headphones in, especially in the summertime sitting outside. Yeah. Just like out, nice breeze in the morning. Like it's a nice way to like have your first coffee and kind of slide into the day. Hmm. 
the, the trip home is a different story. <laughs> but that's what beers are for. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Coffee on the way in, beers on the way out. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really understand the uh, the brown bag until I rode that ferry for about a month and I was like, Yep, <laughs> yep. this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I so obviously we were talking at the brewery about Pete Davidson, Colin Joe's buying one of those yeah. Staten Island ferries, gonna convert it into a comedy club, a floating comedy club and a venue apparently, which would be crazy. But I caught the, the weekend update fucking bit about it. Did you? I yeah. didn't even see it. I got to watch funny. it. The, the guy who guy who just bought a boat. Yeah. Oh, they did that. He does all those uh, double entendre yes. things. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but the, the I I don't know. I mean, it's for me Staten Island Ferry. I think of a few things. I think of uh, Spider Man. Yeah, right? that's I think of Spider Man, sure. the original Spider Man Homecoming. Um, and one other. Th- uh, what was the other thing I was thinking? Batman. Of? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah they were in uh, Dark Knight, right? That yeah. was Staten Island Ferry. That's right. Yeah. They were on the. St- but you didn't really see the orangey thing. It was, But it was. You knew that was. Oh, that's right. Because it's not Staten Island. Right. Uh, it's Gotham. Gotham Ferry. He threw the thing out the window. <laughs> but you're right. Ferry. It was on the ferry. You're right. And there were three of them leaving the island trying to get off. And yeah. yeah, I remember that. Was that Bane or was that uh, Joker? That was Joker. Joker. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that, that's uh, things like that come to mind. But it really is a pleasant ride. I've taken it. It's really nice. And it goes either to. Long Island, Brooklyn area, right? Or so it goes. In, it drops off right in um, Southern Ma- in South, in like Battery Park. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, or, or yeah, then you got Manhattan through, right? It was just Manhattan. Yeah, just Manhattan. So then you, you have to the, take. You got to get one of the little weird white ones that costs money if you want to go anywhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have true. to. Take, I think it's like on like the AC line. It's like the last stop. And, yeah, yeah. And then you get off. AC and, and the one. Uh, There's one going to Rockaway too. One of those small no, ones? No, I think it's just that one. No, not a, the big one. The small, like the white ones. Oh, like I don't The individual ones. Know. Yes. Yeah, I think there's one that goes to yeah. Rockaways too, right? Um, because I, I think we talked about it at that show we were at the Rockaways saying there's a lot of- Oh, maybe. Like, uh, yeah. like Manhattan and Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island, they all come in, and that way the Rockaways is like the summer getaway for a lot of people in the boroughs. I don't know. I remember that coming up at one point. But I mean, it, then it's a small- Subway train ride yeah, around? Two stops and oh, so at work. Nothing. All at right, the front good. door. It's yeah. fantastic. So give us a, a little breakdown about the brewery. I mean, you, you joined when? Uh, I started in August of 20. So mid-COVID, we'll say, at this point, if we want to, well, actually early COVID. <laughs> yeah. 22. But really kind of in, in the middle of everything. And you stepped into what? Like, what was the situation going on there? And so what was the first thing that you had to take care of? What was that first task? Uh, the first thing I had to take care of was figuring out what to do with all the beer we had in stock that like <laughs> what we were going to do with it because it had been sitting there for a lot of it had been sitting there unused, untouched for mm. however many months. And so it was like, okay, what's still good? Right. Like what, what, what can we salvage? What can we sell? What am I comfortable putting my name on? Like, and then it was figuring out how to run the brew house. And was there enough there though, that you could sustain getting that out the door and then getting your stuff going? Yeah. Initially, like, brewing was a little slow, like, to get started. Yeah. Because um, we we were sitting on so much stock. But once we got once we got it out of there, it was just, like, immediately just go. Like, and you were familiar with the system there, right? It wasn't like it was a foreign kind of animal. I mean, familiar with the system in as much as it is a semi-automated brew system. Okay. Uh, it's got buttons and a screen. <laughs> Um, right, so it's there, but, but it, you knew how to use it. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah, like you had to like you know, really uh, research up on it or anything. No, like it that. wasn't completely alien. Right, there yeah. was just some some like eccentricities that I had to figure out, and 
subtleties. Yeah, like any there. like any brew system. So uh, run it down. What what's the brew system like there? So it's a seven barrel uh, ABE system, uh, two vessel system with a combined mash lauder ton and a boil whirlpool. Um, you know, yeah, a couple motors, couple automated valves, couple this, couple that. You know, right, it's a brew house. Yeah, um, it's, it's a fucking brew house. It's gonna brew beer. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a haircut. They're going to fucking cut your hair. <laughs> does what it says on the tin. It does. Um, but, I mean, any additions since you've been there that you've made? Uh, I've fixed several uh, faulty valves. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, put in place uh, standard operating procedures, quality control testing. Yeah. Um, uh, standardization of grains and what we use, building relationships with suppliers. Um, oh, and those are big parts of the, the process. You yeah. can't go without okay. that for sure. So how are you getting rid of your grain? Uh, it goes out in our dumpsters. Really? Yeah. Yep. City just takes it. Fuck uh, those cows. So we don't have <laughs> yeah, they don't we have don't have municipal trash because we're a restaurant. So we have to like Oh it's private. Carding. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so we use the guy with the guys with from Staten Island, from you know. Staten Island. Yeah. Little hmm. Goes right back to your backyard. A <laughs> little, little bit of a plug for the people at Cogent Waste Solutions. Hey, there you <laughs> go. Do a better job. Uh, maybe, we can, <laughs> maybe we can get Rosie's Draft Solutions yeah. to up their game over there and get their, uh, you know, their, uh, what do you call it, the business model up and running a little better. <laughs> Apparently, that's not up to par. Oh, I almost knocked that water bottle over. That would have been a mess. We're trying to figure out the, the physics system. It's not sucking in air again. I don't know. I, like suck, I said, the... the cork part up here the the rubber stopper sometimes gets a little dislodged you got to kind of reach your hand up a cow's ass yeah, here it doesn't and get, look good at all <laughs> you got to go elbow deep and now into me, it now meanwhile i'm going to drink out of this thing okay great. i didn't even touch the spigot great, i was all the way up in the top great. i wash my hands especially after i poo um this was a a number of of things that had to fall into place what were they doing there prior to you coming in that kind of triggered them finding someone new or was it just like that from from what i've been told uh i i've not really delved deeply into it um but there was there was just uh a less than amicable split between the previous brewer yeah. and management over COVID. So something going on yeah. there that they just had to alleviate covid associated duties that oh. were felt to be above or below or whatever you know just things that happen like it was a frustrating time for everybody. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but that's that's what brought me in, and they were looking for somebody with experience and half of a vision to kind of build the brand, and you know. So the majority of, of the beer that like we had tasted, that's your recipes. Yes, the only there's only one recipe that I kept. Uh, it's one of our legacy recipes, the Rotator IPA. Yeah, I have um, it right here. We're going to try that next. Yeah, that's. Um, I've tweaked it a little bit um, just to make it a little more efficient, make it a little more, um, bring it into the modern just a little. I, I didn't want to change it too much because we have regulars that really enjoy it, so I wasn't sure. going to like. Now, did they hand that down to you? They said, well, here's the Rotator recipe because the other guy yeah. left, and yep. I, I would figure I, someone would take it, but well, and, backups. Yeah, the Rotator recipe was actually start, was one of their first beers that they made back in 2017. Yeah. Um, which uh, several brewers ago at this point. Like, really? Okay, so it's gone through a bunch of yeah. maybe iterations in this point, yeah, but yeah. everyone's had their little hand in it, a little tweak here and there. Yeah, everybody right? puts their own little thing on yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and so everything else that's there is my recipe. It's been, uh, you know, a push to get everything where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, Still, still going through a couple of different little, uh, 
you know, tweaks here and there. But on the rotator or just in general? In general. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you can always make it, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that a beer is ever going to be perfect. Uh, right. Just because it is a living product and, you know, we can only do our best to control the process and we do, I, I do everything in my power to control those little <laughs> sons of bitches to make them do what I want. Um, but they're, they're still human. It's still a living organism. Yeah. There's so, going to be variables. So, like, as long as you're always at least 0.1% better than the last batch, as you're always improving, whether you improved your brew house efficiency a little bit or you improved, like, your brew day a little bit or something which is a little bit more efficient or something just you have an ar- a new aroma that really pops in an old beer that you're really into, like, as long as you're always keeping it uh, fresh, yep. more or less, then that keeps, like... And for me, at least, it keeps me engaged in the brewing process because I'm always looking for like, oh, what's what's different, what's new, like, and that's what keeps it like from being boring. Yeah, oh, like you said, back when you were in the, the bigger facilities where it was just the same thing every single day, day in day out, week after week after week. Yeah, you 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 lose the passion for that beer. Yeah, yeah. If I don't ever brew another barrel of porter again, it would be absolutely fine with me. And and by the way, this Impala, the color on this thing is, I mean, (laughs) boom. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Dark Marzen in color, but tastes obviously nothing like that. (laughs) Red IPA. Don't get fooled. A little bit of crystal malt, a little bit of roasted barley. I want to get into those uh, as we drink them along, but I want to just finish up the narrative. So you've been there since 2020. Uh, what has been some of the, the big things that have changed? And obviously we talked about you you have a restaurant attached. Yeah, um, yeah, you guys have was... full-service food, um, and you just got a new chef uh, about two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so our new chef is really taking us in a really fun direction. Um you know, we're doing we're doing kind of classic pub food. Um, some of it, there's a lot of uh, Mediterranean twists towards things. Um, oh, okay. Because our owner is really like he really like is really interested in those Mediterranean flavors. Um, so we're doing a little bit of that, and then he's got a really ambitious like dinner menu coming out. Um, that I don't remember anything that's on because <laughs> uh, I'm a bad person. <laughs> so um, now, are you guys a brew pub though? Or yes, yes. Oh, okay, and that's the licensing you have. Yes, you yep. have a yeah because Steve was asking that. But after you left, he was like, oh, I didn't ask, but I'm interested. Yeah, in there's only one one uh, brewery on Long Island that actually has a has a kitchen attached at the moment. So that was... It's, yeah, Peconic. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting because that's not the, the standard norm even in Brooklyn. There's a couple maybe. Uh, it, we know like Killsborough and Staten Island has one. Yeah. So we have like it's... The licensure is kind of limiting from a production Right, you limit the number of barrels you can put out? We're limited to the number of barrels we can put out. We're limited to the number of barrels we can distribute. Yep. Mm. Um, what is it, 15%, 12%? Um, so we can sell, we can distribute, we can self-distribute 500 barrels ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is for beer going out of the building. Right. And then the uh, the limit is 2,000. The other 1,500 have to go, th- have to go through a distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, we can sell as much as we can make over the counter. Um, right, so beer in house, canning to go, I, stuff like that. So if yes. you want to sell to a, a home D, you're limited to 500 barrels. Yeah, which mm. okay. If we're selling 500 barrels to out home the, D, yeah, out the door, that's good. We got problems in the, the brew house because <laughs> our our capacity is about 1,100 barrels a year. Okay, um, this past even with in 2021, uh, go back in 2020, uh, we did about 320 barrels of production. Um, 
Wow, and then that's it. In 2022 or 2021, we did uh, 585 barrels. Okay. Um, and so I'm hoping and that's balls to the wall every day. Well, it's no, it's actually a fairly relaxed schedule. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because we had but it was f- enough for the brew house. It was enough for what yeah. you guys had going yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what we were. We're we were right around there. Oh, three, really? Three okay. to four hundred. Uh, barrels a year. I'm just maybe underestimating but what we, that we is. We were only but brewing yeah. a couple of days a week. Yeah, you know. So, hmm. All right. yeah, and I'm really pushing. Um, we're working on getting uh, distribution set up this year. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I, I had like mentioned to you. I said. Year. So are you thinking about that? Because, uh, like I said, I we try to find out breweries that are not the the biggest names on the block because we want to hear those stories. But it's an interesting thing. Like everyone's trying to get cans into stores. I'm not sure if that's the right thing, but at least get the brand recognition out there to attract them into you, to get them at the place, have a meal like we did, have some beers, that, and basically sell right out of the place. Exactly. That's like, I think, um, now it's not, I don't have a stake in the business other yeah. than like, I'm there to make the beer and all that beer's got my name on it. Like, so I do have some skin in the game. Um, so I don't, I'm not necessarily speaking for my boss or anything like that, but I think, I think the best thing for us to do just because the the taproom model makes we have such a, a better margin on our product oh sure. of course oh. yeah and we have better control on the quality yep. and so we'll put out you know something's not sitting on the shelf for three months yeah and i know it's being stored refrigerated right or or at least not hot <laughs> um, there's, there's nothing better when you go into a distributorship and your product is sitting under the heater and it's just blowing on it all day long. There's nothing better than that feeling. Make yeah. sure it's the uh, Kentucky bourbon, <laughs> the barrel, or a nice oh, fruited yeah. sour. Mm, yeah, you just, you just see that top distend just a little bit. That's a mark of quality. Yeah, when you squeeze it, it's like a rock. It's Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's perfect. That's the way I want it. And it explodes on you when you get home. Russian Imperial Stout all over your eyelids. Blueberry sour all over the truck of your car. There you go. You know. 420. Um, uh, 450. 450 North. That's what what I meant. 420. uh, I'm somewhere else, Mike. I know. I'm thinking of a totally different brewery that doesn't exist. This guy, well, he's thinking 420. He's looking down. No, I'm not. He's looking down. We know. What? We know. The fact that uh, the brewery itself um, has the food, has the, the beer, has everything to it, should itself make its name and network and go out right so at that point you know what would be the first line of distribution would it just be local distribution and some some stores close or are you looking to go with a like we said a, a distributor or something like that yeah so like we have we have a a thing set up with somebody right now that we're moving forward with um but we're like I, my i don't have I guess I don't have grand ambitions. I know my, I don't, I know that's probably would hurt Grandiose. my ownership's heart because they really want to like get us out there. But I think, I think we could do just fine just selling in the boroughs and, you know, um, maybe doing some by mail distribution if that stuff all gets passed through. Like I it, thought it was now. I thought it was still good because uh, I see still, people selling. Well, they're still working on uh, USPS. And oh, okay. Um, so that's a whole thing. And yeah. then it's a, like some TTV stuff that we'd have to go through. Gotcha. Uh, but other than that, like I just want to sell in the boroughs and like sell to some good beer bars and mm-hmm. good because beer the, stores. The and, place like, itself is going to sustain just with the local crowd, and you got a nice you know uh, area to be in. Um, after but we again, after we left, they took a shot and they they had posted, hey, you know, come down, you know, the games are on. Yeah, and it was 
it was a nice, real, really nice crowd. In yeah, there. people yeah, were filing off. in as yeah. we were there. It was, it was good. I mean, and the food itself, the food delicious, was really good. I mean, uh, I had the chicken and waffles. I was craving like a nice piece of fried chicken, perfectly fried. It was excellent. Um, and, and just the menu itself. You had brunch going on. It was a Sunday, so that's a new concept for you, obviously. We've been, uh, so they'd been doing brunch for a long time, and then with oh. COVID, we got rid of it. Like, we just got rid of everything. Oh, so like, you were saying we bring it yeah, back to, so, yeah, with like, the new chef and everything, yeah. Yeah. It, what's also good, too, is, I mean, I look at a place, one, it's, in, the interior is inviting. That's one. Um, and then... You always, I, I, I know it's always, there's always that one person that's in your group when you go to hang out that doesn't want to drink beer. But you guys have a full, fully stocked bar. Yep. And along with the brunch, you guys are doing the mimosas, you're doing bellinis. And, uh, and I mean, that's, that's kind of like a home run right there. Yeah. And we have a really great, like, really great bar staff, really great bar manager. They, like, we're pushing to come up with some, like, a nice cocktail program to go along with everything as well. Sure. Um, and then we have this idea that we've been bandying around of doing like a beer and whiskey pairing. So we take we oh, like nice. because we do have a very like fairly extensive whiskey selection. I was perusing your your yeah, whiskey see. selection as we were walking by, and I was looking at a couple of the Japanese whiskeys, and I'm like, yeah, that bottle right there is like three hundred and fifty dollars right there. Yeah, no, those Japanese whiskeys go really nicely with the lagers that we've been making um, mm. because they're both just like. Neither one is overwhelmingly flavored, and the flavors complement each other really nicely. And so, like building something like that, we'll get you know we'll get we'll double down on that market. We'll get people to buy the whiskey and they buy the beer at the same time. Sure. And like you know, bingo, it, it's just it's and it's something that not a lot of places are doing too. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's building an experience, which is like that's how you get people coming back. Yeah, that's how you're gonna get people coming and the back. shuffleboard. Which I I went to the bathroom. I went yeah, that and shuffleboard. shuffleboard. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I love shuffleboard. It's we, so much fun. We're finally allowed to use it again after all. Because <laughs> you're touching all yeah, the touching. All the touching. Goes on. Yeah, you Aren't you supposed to play with friends and you're going to be in the same taxi yeah. in the same apartment later anyway? It's, it's, it's the sawdust that that's that what harbors is. the coronavirus. <laughs> we all know this. Well, if you just neti pot your urine, it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you got to boil great. it down though. We I know. Yeah, we got to reduce it. Yeah, we got to reduce it. I want to say goodbye to Instagram for a little bit. We got some a little segment coming up, but before we do. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye to CG3303. We got Chris Mapar. We got Barley Boy, Emma J. Tap That AZ podcast. That's our uh, brothers in arms over at the uh, Hopped Up Network from Arizona and Lucky Hair Brewing checking in. Guys, go over to uh, Facebook and YouTube. We are live there on the Governor's Comedy Podcast or Station Channel thing. All right. We'll see you in a bit. Um, we're going to have a little segment, uh, Mike, that we do with uh, our own one, Steve Paminsky. And uh, I just want to uh, save this so it goes up on the thing. On the thing. On the thing. And that's a technical term, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I use that as uh, a thing. complete, you know, professional engineer of things. Um, and that way we can his, stall for time. His students are like. As I said, it Oh, up. yeah, that's right. Oh, the thing. Mr. Mr. Two said the thing. And that's, I, I have it. So, he, knows, uh, he knows about the thing. You know. Uh, let's, let's get into a little bit of a segment here. Let's take a quick break as we pause for uh, Steve's questions. Hey, you cool hip cats. Tonight, we bring you a very special presentation. Three questions with our very own Steve Pominski. Yeah, Steve's questions. Three questions from Steve. 
So, Stephen, take it away. All right, all right. So, three questions I ask every brewer, every owner that comes in. We'll do them one at a time because usually, if I say them all three, we all forget. And, and we go off on a tangent. And, um, but, first off, what was that beer that turned you on to craft beer where you said, whoa, whoa what's going on here? This is not Miller Lite. This is not... You know, Red Dog. What? What? The, what is this? Uh, Red Wolf. <laughs> I love Red Wolf. Red Wolf. Uh, Magic Hats uh, Circus Boy Half of Ice. Oh, Circus Boy. Love I, that one. Yeah, very nice. You don't like, see that anymore. No, well, it's gone. Uh, Magic Hats. Mm, yep. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, they shouldn't be though. They I know. That, I mean, nine itself now, should the, just stand up on its own. They should sad, be able this, to make money just with nine. But the sad part was when it was independently owned, that's when they were making the good I stuff. Know. Yeah. That's yeah. when, yes, the Circus Boy, Black the Hefeweizen was great. Uh, obviously, Magic Cat number nine was Snow like- Snow Roller. Loved Snow Roller. What was the- Yeah, what was the- uh, uh, What the hell was the- Shit, I, I can't- Black Cat? I did, it was Black Cat. Yeah, yeah. Black Cat was awesome. Uh, they came, those variety packs, I would eat up because it was something a little different each one. Yeah. Uh, but Circus Boy, classic. Yeah. It was, that was like my first experience with classic. like a yeast that wasn't lager yeast or American ale yeast. Like it was just like a 19 drinking that. And it was just like, what, like, what is this? And like, it was, how do we like, it was so easy drinking too. And it went right down. It was not like super aggressive in yep. either direction. Yep. Like you get some half of Isons that yeah. taste like like runts or like <laughs> yes. know, they get, they get banana like, runts. It's super phenolic and they just kind of burn. Yep. But like it was just that perfect like mix of a little bit of fruit, a little bit of spice, a really nice malt backbone, and then like just that little that extra texture from like the haze in it was just like that was just something completely new to me at that point, and I was just like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta find more of this stuff." Kind, like, kind, kind of like the haze in your half of Iceland yesterday. A little, uh, that, <laughs> we, 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 you were yeah. fighting that guy a little yeah. bit. <laughs> she was a little rowdy. She, when they're young, they're a little, little tough to handle. They're a little rough. Quick little drop kick, and next thing you know, boom, bam, boom, she's in there, and then she's good. Uh, question two: What's uh, what's your favorite style right now? Mm. I am, I am. Because of like what we're starting to brew and like what we're moving towards as a brewery, I am just deep in Czech beers, like Czech brewing tradition. Ooh, nice. Um, so I've been drinking a lot of like side pour pilsners, um, and moving into some of like the darker Czech stuff. Uh, like the there's a oh, who makes it. Can't remember off the top of my head, um, but there's this like dark Czech lager that I found at the at the beer store. Bavik? Yes. Bingo. That like Yeah, it's it isn't it uh they sell it at um Stu Leonard's. I've had it they have it Stu S- it's good. Several places. My buddy uh um Eric uh talks about that all the time. He goes, Sometimes when I just want a couple of cheap beers, they're in what, like twenty twos? And he'll get like four for four dollars or something like well, that. Well, when Ridiculous. I was at Total Wine yesterday, they had a bunch of them. Yeah. And then, like, another one, um, Wild East uh, down in Brooklyn, 
they have a, a 10 Play-Doh Czech Pilsner, which is like, it's like 3.8% alcohol. It's, oh, wow. it's great for just like uh, end of the day, like just to take the edge off and like just to kind of chill without being like, oh, I'm getting over the top. Tonight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I got to, I got to get home somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's the kind of, it's all, it's very lager based right now. Mm, Everything cool. is like doing that research and like really getting into the tradition and trying to figure out how to put a little bit of a, a, a dumb American twist on all of it. <laughs> now, now, as you, you had mentioned uh, in this little segment, I know Pete was curious yesterday. You said a lot of people don't understand this term, side pour. Yeah, so the side pour, it's like, it's a traditional Czech method of like beer dispense. And from everything I've read and like watched, the way they typically do it is there's very little carbonation in it. They're, the really traditional ones are all gravity fed. Like they have the bit, they have the tanks right behind the bar. It runs down yep. through, and then this it's a very expensive special <laughs> faucet uh, that it's operates almost along the same lines as like a beer engine with a mm-hmm. sparkler and everything. Um, but the biggest difference is is that instead of being just like the plunger pull, like most of our taps are. It's actually a ball valve. Yep. So you get really, really tight control over how much liquid is coming out of that thing. And then in the neck of it, it has a really, really fine little screen that just turns that foam into just this dense, wet, really like delicious, almost savory hmm. kind of um, beer experience. Um, and I find it super interesting. And I know, like, all the cool kids on Instagram are doing all the side <laughs> pours and everything like that. And we're doing we're doing milk tubes, uh, which is just a 10-ounce glass of wet foam. And you take it like a shot. And it's, like, it's really, like, it brings out just such a different flavor experience in our Pilsner um, that it, it gives it these, like, nutty and vanilla um, and some little sweet malt notes that are just really fun as like an after dinner beverage or just hmm. like something in the middle of the day to like just be a little refreshing See, that's something i would want to fuck with people with <laughs> i would give that that pilsner just straight up give them a taste and then do the side pour and go all right and tell me what you what you perceive the difference and uh, you you definitely know they're gonna be like that's a different beer what the fuck you would you just give well, me well yeah and so we'll do a slow pour off that tap too like a nice, nice. long 10 minute slow pour and so while the customer's waiting we, we give them like just carbonated pilsner <laughs> and they're like you, you're fucking with me this isn't mm-hmm. the same thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> but as yeah. simple as that just a simple uh process yeah just changes a little the whole different complexity. treatment like it's That's crazy it's amazing what just a, a little bit of a different process can do to a product like it, it's it's really cool and i think there were going to be five new breweries on long island with side pours. yeah right <laughs> i'm telling you whoever's been listening manny i know you guys <laughs> you guys are first i know all right guys side pour <laughs> talk to me <laughs> Well, Talk to me, baby. You, you, and you pour a lot of bad ones before you start figuring out how to get a good one. Sure. Yeah. And like it goes totally against everything in me as like a brewer, but you just dunk that fucking neck right into the bottom of that beer and it just pour it right through. And like if you don't, it it's just it's completely wrong. Hmm. Huh. But it's fantastic. Totally different <laughs> flavor profile. Crazy. Nice. Uh and our third question. You go to a restaurant, go into a bar. What's that one beer you're looking for? Other than the ones that you brew, could be anything. What's that one beer you want to find? You're gonna, you're getting it. I mean, that's a hard question. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> it just depends on where I'm. Like, it depends on where I'm going. Like, if if I'm out at like 
a Chili's or a Buffalo Wild Wings or something like that, my expectations are so goddamn low. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, sir, would you like this cantillon? It's, uh, <laughs> do you have Sierra Nevada on a clean line, perhaps? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Uh, and Rosie's Dress Rosie's Solution would take care of that. <laughs> Servicing bars, restaurants. <laughs> Even well, chilies and dubs. Well, I hope they do uh, service a- Miller's Ale House as well. It's got the same kind of tap lineup, right? Yep. But that's the thing. Like, if I go to those, you're right. Expectations are low. Um, before you say what you're going to get, but there is always something there that I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. So what what would be that one thing that would really kind of like, all right, I guess I could do that. <laughs> all right, if I'm going. Bigger guy that I can always like go to. That's either going to be a Sierra Pale or a Sierra Torpedo. Oh, I like there Torpedo. Yeah, um, there's celebration nothing. two in season. Yes, yeah, that's good. Uh, Torpedo. There's nothing better than like a fresh, tor- like that. That fresh torpedo is just so on point every time. Um, but if I'm going to like a small, if I'm going with like someplace that sells itself as a craft beer bar, yeah. or as like a restaurant that has like a nice selection, Barcade. I'm- go to Barcade. Yes, <laughs> uh, I'm going to always pick something local. Like okay, as long as it's as long as it's local, I don't care what it is. I want to know that like you're treating your local products as well as. See, I was thinking more of the lines of Blind Tiger or not anymore. Or Haymaker. Wait, Blind Tiger, I thought is not there anymore. No, it's it's still still there. Ginger Man. No, I know Ginger Man. Ginger Man's gone. gone. A lot of like, uh, I think Proletariat's still there. I haven't been there in years. uh, The Cannibal's gone. That place used to be great. Yeah. So yeah. many places are it. Oh, wait, was it Dragon? Well, I'm thinking like something Dragon was gone. Not Red Dragon. Red Dragon. No. Um, there was something in the city that, that I was like, oh, I've been there and it had a great tap list and it was gone. Dragon. Kind of mm. remind me a little bit of the, the good life. That There was that feel and style of bar in the city. I'll, I'll remember it later. I promise. If I think of it, I'll post it on Instagram and send pictures. Yeah, if I'm, uh, so if I'm going to Blind Tiger, which have been too recently, it's very, very <laughs> fancy. Uh, that's when I, that's when I'll reach for something traditionally Belgian or Saturday. yeah, there you go. That's because I know that their 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 buyers aren't gonna be, uh, they're not gonna put shit on the, on, right. on those lines. Um, and I know that everything's been taken care of and everything is like as the brewer intended. Yeah, they there's a, a number of things. Um, oh, I'm sorry, a number of breweries buy you. So to give people reference, you're in. Uh, what what's the, the the area? What area? So technically, we're in downtown Brooklyn. It is downtown, right? In yeah. the city of Brooklyn. Yeah. Um. So we're we're right off of Fulton Mall, uh, right by like the, all the courthouses and um, NYU campus that's in Brooklyn. Um, we're right there. Um, the closest breweries to us are like um, Strong Rope in Gowanus. Um, and then same down there, uh, Wild East is right down there. So Barclay Center area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah walking distance, couple, like 20-minute hits. Rand- Randolph is right near you guys. Uh, yeah, they're a little north of us, yeah. yeah. So anyone that's visiting, you know, that's that's. I'm trying to get the, the reference of the area for them so they can come in and go, okay, well, I'm going to Barclay's in the good. You know, Barclay area in the afternoon, got a game at night, going to do a brewery tour. Put it on the list for sure. Yeah. Um, you get, you've kind of um, already gave us a little insight into the, the beer here. Um, let's let's backtrack a little bit. We started with the uh, Amber Lager tonight, which uh, delicious. I had it at the brewery right off the tap. Suspect. Awesome. Um, here, it was here tonight. Enjoyed it yet again. Break us down a little bit of, um, you know, what, what the Amber Lager was. Obviously, you, you know, talking a lot about lagers tonight. 
yeah, and kind of what you want to do. Why do we go red? Why was that the the concept? So the uh, suspect device is um, it's it started out last year as our Oktoberfest. Okay. Um, which we've since changed our Oktoberfest beer. It's there. It's much. The Oktoberfest is much different. But the suspect device, um, it's a really. It's looking for new flavors in a lager mm-hmm. um, that people might not be familiar with because we don't get the biggest amber lager everybody knows is Yingling and like yep. Yingling just tastes like Yingling and I think there's there's a new avenue to explore with that so really like using really nice specialty malts and not like I I am very partial to uh, proximity malting um, I think they yeah we saw them all over the bags everywhere bags as yeah. doorstops <laughs> yes uh, they put out a really consistent product it's where are they from? Uh, so they started in Delaware. Okay. And I now have a place. In, they have a place in Delaware, Colorado, and I want to say Michigan. Okay. Um, so they've been expanding be since they started. Yeah. yeah. Um, but everything, it's all like, it's American grown. It has, you know, it's got a little bit less of a carbon footprint because it's not shipping across the ocean in a, in a tanker or like on a line or anything like that. It's like. It, it gets to me when the shipping works in two days. <laughs> um, and it's a really consistent and flavorful product. Yeah. And they they work really well with their customers. Like, they always want our feedback and, like, what can we do to improve? What do you like about this? What do you not mm. like about this? Like, and they're continuing to just innovate with what they're doing. Um, so that's, like, why I really like working with them. And that you haven't – it's – only been a couple of years that they've been doing like specialty roasts and stuff like that and i think they're they they will stand up against for my money any of the old european guys and, and for, i was just going to ask how is the how is the cost per pound compared to like some like breeze or or any, any you know any anything like that or um and and how is the sustainability is it i mean can, is it readily available for you yes it, they're always like They've had some supply chain issues on a few different things, which like totally understandable um, with the conditions right now and like all the like fires and everything that have been going on. Like, um, so sourcing can be. Yeah, that's a, that's tough. I just saw it. You know, it's it's Big Sur right now. It's burning around right around the Big Sur area in California. Um, that's got to. When suck. isn't California on fire? <laughs> that's a good point. I love California, but man, it's that's got to be a tough place to just kind of. There's no more fire season. Size, yeah, the sidestep fires all day. The fucking states on fire. <laughs> it's just what percentage? Yeah. Point oh two today. Okay, good. But yeah, everything is really available. The things they've been having trouble getting are the things they get from other people, like rice hulls and flaked oats and stuff like that. Because those are really, you know, <laughs> hard to get. <laughs> yeah, I could just run down to the bodega and get some Quaker, but it's, I'm gonna have to buy out the whole store. Um, but yeah, no, their their products are great, and I think I I really like how they treat their specialty malts, especially. Um, so the suspect is base. It's made with Munich uh, Munich Ten and uh, Vienna malts are the base. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a little bit of Crystal Fifteen in there, a little bit of Crystal Sixty, uh, a bunch of Carafoam. Uh, you know, because you got to have that nice fluffy head. And then I want to say there's a little bit of dark malt in there, but I could be lying about that. Just to give it that uh, little just, just color. Deepen the color a little bit yeah, more, just yeah. Just to give it those little highlights. Uh. And a little bit, and just a touch of like chocolate on the very back end when it warms up a little bit. Um, and that's like, it's. Here's a question for you, because I've always had this, and I don't think I've ever asked this difference between crystal malts. Obviously, it's all crystal malt, 
what is what is the big major difference, I guess, chemically or 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 taste wise for anyone that's questioning? All right, crystal fifteen as opposed to a thirty or a sixty. I mean, is it something that people can really tell if you change it out, swap it out? Yeah, yeah. If you're like, you know, I I I do take pride in like knowing my ingredients because I'm not a smart man. Uh, <laughs> so if I know like what my things taste like, I can kind of put them together because I'm not a math guy. Um, so the the way that crystal malts are made, um, it's just ex- like accentuating a Maillard reaction, which is just caramelizing. Um, and there's like what they do to make the crystals are they're stewed at I think like 150, 155 degrees. Uh, and depending on the amount of water and the amount of time, you'll get your different crystal colors. And each further step of caramelization gets you different like gets you different like sugar flavors so like your lighter ones are going to be a little bit they're going to be like uh like toasted sweetbread or like maybe like um like a 15 i often compare a note i I get a note of like king's hawaiian rolls off of it okay um and then as you start to move up it gets more intense you get into like caramel candies or like warrior's originals without the butter or you get like, and then as you start getting darker and darker, you get molasses and treacle and um, stone fruits and candied fruits and stuff like that. Um, and those are the flavors that you build on further up the line. But you can also overuse them. And a lot of places just don't, don't use them deftly. They just like throw them in there and be like, it's color. And it's like, well, yes, but no, but yes, but mm. <laughs> and you can always tell a beer that has way too much crystal malt in it yeah. because it tastes like like cheap candy. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Um and it then you throw but it's you typically with like old school IPAs, you get a bunch of crystal malt in there and it hops on top of it and it, it makes it gets when they get kind of syrupy. Oh. Um and unbalanced. You and know, you can't like unbalance it out with just more water or more like you know I guess uh, too much crystal malt is too much. That's, yeah, that's, it's, a, it's that's a base recipe. Once issue. it's in, yeah. it's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, I, I, it's something like I never even considered when he was you know rattling off the numbers. I'm like, I don't think I ever thought about what those numbers represent. I guess, like you said, it matters about a little taste and time, really, and and what that kind of adds to the beer. Yeah, and as you went through that and and coming up with this recipe, was it something that you brought from previous experience, or was it something you created new for here? I mean, it's that is a that is a one hundred percent new beer. Nice uh, right, for good. circa, um, just something that I'd wanted to do for a while because I just I was not satisfied with the available like mid colored loggers out there. Mm. Like I think there's just so much unexplored logger territory. And I think it, it just lends itself more to explorations in malt and gentle use of hops rather than just like massage them in. Yeah, yeah. you just kind of just kind of rub it into the yeah, tank. Um, <laughs> and, and, like the tap tap tapperoo. Yeah, a little tappity tappity. I uh, I so then that compared to the red IPA that we drank next out of the crowler, um, definitely there's there's some. Things that are a little similar in regards to the maltiness, but then that that hot profile. Talk to me about that. So the the Impaler is just a big ignorant beer from like <laughs> the mid teens of like when everybody was trying to keep IPA fresh by making it different colors, <laughs> you know. And it's kind of just remembering the the things that I'd had that like 
okay, so we'll have, we'll put a little bit of crystal malt in this, put a little bit of roast malt in it for color and a little bit of flavor, give it a really nice malt backbone to have American hops like really stand up to. Um, it's got Centennial and Citra in there and it's just two hops, that's it. Um, really simple, gives it a nice bit of earthiness and like Centennial is the the OG juicy hop yeah. before like we had all these fancy Mosaic, new ones. Galaxy and Citra, yeah. Yeah, and you know, it, it's just playing off of those two, like one super popular, well-known hop, and then one that's kind of lost its shine, but Bell's Too Hard. It is still the number one selling IPA in the country, <laughs> so I don't understand And they that. still use it, so there's something yeah. there. I mean, I remember when I first, you know, brewed my first beer, the first packet I was talking to these guys at the brewery, the first packet of hops I got from Kedco was a vacuum seal pack of Centennial, uh, Cascade, and Mount Hood, those are my three hops, and I always go, well, where the hell did those hops go? They're still around. Yeah, they still... But they, they blend them into other things now that are a little more sexy. Citra's a great one to pair with because it does pair well. Uh, but the base was always very malty, we're going to say. But no, the thing, too, is, you know, like Mike was saying, when you make things unbalanced, you know, you have these brewers that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put all this Centennial, and meanwhile, the body of the beer is is not right. Yeah. Now you have a, a bad tasting beer, and they're like, "Well, it's that Centennial," and they they don't use it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we we did we did a beer uh, that was Old Columbus. Nah, okay. It was a pale ale with just Old Columbus, and it was a huge huge seller for us. People loved it. And they're like, "Oh, what do you got in there? Citra and Mosaic, <laughs> Columbus. What? What, what? And what else? Columbus. You know, it, it, it's it's how not you, sexy enough. It's how you it's use not, it, but it tastes great. And yeah. And use wise, like you said, if it's if you use it in the correct amounts in the right way with the right base, you can create some really good beer. Uh, and and obviously, you know, you're you're striving for all of that going through these. So then we cracked open. Um, do we have anything else in between? No, right. So then nope. we cracked and open the rotator, rotator, which is your your flagship. Yeah, that's break our... this down. West Coast IPA. Um, I'm a big West Coast guy. Delicious, love it. Give me a little breakdown. I'm not on a this. big West Coast guy, and I think it's fucking delicious. Yeah, He's, that. he really. And I said that to him at the brewery. I said, eh, "Pete's not going to go with the rotator." I like that a lot. I, that might be my favorite. Which, West Coast. Yeah. Oh, all right, there you go. See, so. we're turning. We're turning Pete slowly. I love it. Give me the breakdown on the rotator. Yeah. So the rotator. It's the malt bill is super simple. It's just um, two row, two row base malt and wheat, and I think that's it. Yeah. Um, you weren't kidding with super simple. Yeah, if I, if I, if I would have known there's going to be this much questions. I would have brought my brew book. Then it yeah, gets sure. it gets really complicated uh, in the hopping and the mashing schedule. Um, I mash it. I do three mash steps on that one. Okay, um, but it's all about time, right? It's all about the, it's all, hitting yeah. those it's all temperature about, marks and getting it in at the right yep, time. Yep. Yeah. Um, so do a little bit of extended an extended mash as well. Really, I want to build the body on this. And give it something, give it some chew to stand up to the amount of hot matter that goes into this thing, because <laughs> the last thing you want is like a flabby IPA, Ugh. and you get you get that stretch of time where we all had uh, session IPAs that tasted like water that had been run through an empty hot <laughs> matter, like <laughs> <laughs> or an old garden hose. <laughs> Thanks for the IPA, guys. Um, but yeah, it's so it's got Chinook, Citra, oh, another one. Ch- Chinook, it, yeah. it, it, that's that really nice, like, rigid, earthy bitterness that's yep, there. Yep. It's, but it just bitters so cleanly that, like, that's what it's really there for. It's yeah. just like, like to give edge. you that hop. It, 
that American hop character mm. is Chinook, in my opinion. Mm. Like, and then there's a bunch of there's some uh, there's some Ariana in there, uh, mm. one of the weird German hops. Okay. Um, I think. What are the percentages? Is it like mostly the Chinook, or is it a little more of so hot side? It's Chinook and Cascade, okay, with a big dose of Citra in the Whirlpool, okay, and then cold side it is uh, Cascade and Ariana, and there's two dry hops in that one, okay. Uh, we do a 24 hour like early biotransformation dry hop. And then uh, terminal terminal dry hop. You give yourself uh, not enough credit in in a lot of the uh, information and science that you're saying. Big big brewery words <laughs> that people much smarter than me figured out. Yeah. I'm just repeating it. <laughs> right, right, but at least you know it. You know what it means. You're using it in the right uh, form, which is means you know what you're doing, which is great. And we know what you're doing because we've tasted it, and it's delicious. Um, what else right now is on the board? Um, we saw that you put a triple IPA up there. See, I, I, I got to get to this one. I, I know, you know I what know. I'm going to talk about. What? Do I? All right. So the only beer I drank yesterday. Oh, the steam beer. Oh, yes. steam oh, beer. Yes. All right. So we all know the big one, Anchor Steam. <laughs> and it was the process. The, 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 they came up with the process. They patented the process of making a steam beer. What are you guys doing to make this a steam beer? So we, like... <clears throat> I am a history nerd, and so I like to delve into the history of certain like certain beers. And steam beer is one of the first truly traditional American beers, mm-hmm. yeah. um, brewed on the West Coast by German immigrants who didn't have the same things that they had back home to do the lagering process. So they made do with what they had. So they had their lager yeast that they brought with them, and they just didn't have the temperature control. So it was just right. too warm. So what they did... And I, I, Fritz did a lot of good things for the brewing industry, but patenting <laughs> that process was a dick move. Because um, you can't you can't patent a fermentation yeah. schedule. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's taking your lager yeast. Um, we use thirty four seventy, the just the really workhorse lager yeast, and we ferment that bad boy at sixty degrees. Okay. And we keep it really tight. We keep a good tight control on, like how much diacetyl it's producing at that temperature because I cannot stand buttery beers. Um, no one wants the oiliness. N- no, and it's just not good when you get a glass of beer in your hand that's not like a Scottish wee heavy or like some northern Euro- English brown ale that has any hint of butter in it. It's just so <laughs> Einstock. off-putting. And then <laughs> we did guys. that and we just hopped the shit out of it with New York Cascade hops. Like There you go. We're going to tweak that recipe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally happy with it. Um, just, but that's because it was a first go around. Sure. Um, what was the, I was just so interested. As soon as I saw it, like I was looking at all these other beers and and I saw, huh, steam beer. What was the process? Never had anybody ever anywhere I ever, I I mean, any brewery. We've never seen it. Other than Anchor Steam, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen it. And I was like, all right, I'm interested. I got, <laughs> I got to get this. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like that's kind of what I feel sets us apart from other breweries is that we're just doing stuff that, you know, it's not sexy. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't sell. I mean, it sells over our bar, but like you're going to go, how are you going to go convince a distributor to sell steam beer? <laughs> I mean, look at you like you're fucking crazy. Um, so it's like being able to take those risks, like that's what yeah. being a brew pub really like gives me the opportunity to do. Um, 
Uh, talk to me about that triple. I'm just so interested. So the triple. <laughs> yeah. I All right, Michael. I should have had triple. it at the bar. And the triple. Mean, I fucking didn't even do it. I was like, ah, it's a lot because I got to drive home. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, she's, done it. she's she's big lady. Yeah. Uh, 10.5%. Um, it's re- the malt bill, again, super simple. Just a ton of base malt. Um, some flaked oats. A lot of lot of ca- uh, cane sugar. Mm. Um to really bump that ABV up. Sure. Yeah. And then it's packed with, um, so Hopsteiner is starting to make these blends of hops, and it's their their proprietary brand, blend that they call Trident. Um, and so it's almost exclusively hopped with that um, on both hot side and cold side. Um, there's some Michigan copper mixed in as well for like some really nice like uh, sweet candy notes mm. um, that that hop really like really really brings out, especially when you dry hop with it early. Are you trying to cut the heat of a ten percenter? So and- we d- we don't get a lot of heat in our big beers because we really control our fermentations. Yeah. Um, as long as we don't let them run too wild and we keep them nice and slow, um, we don't tend to get a lot of that heat. Um, granted, it was the early on. It was there. That beer's about a month old now, and. Uh-huh. Like, when we moved it into the brights, we were like, oh, this is a little rough. <laughs> and we let it sit for a couple of days. And we're like, oh, okay, there there it is. There yeah. she is. And we did three dry hops. Um, so it's a triple dry hop, triple IPA. You're just just hitting on all those things that, like, the kids love. Um, <laughs> this one's for the kids. Yeah. And it's hazy. And it's just, it's a big beer. And I'm just, it's me being an asshole and just kind of thumbing my nose <laughs> At the the places who just make all these just big dumb beers with only the with for no they're not trying to advance beer or get craft beer into more people's hands. It's just about making that twenty four dollars for a four pack. Yeah, and like on the value side, you mean twenty four dollars for a four pack? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Good point. If and, I get that uh, triple from you know who, I'm going to be paying thirty two <laughs> at the distributor. Everyone's got a little taste on that one. Yeah, but and, that's that's you're right. I mean, it's one of those uh, styles. Number one, you're going to be paying for any more for the ABV, right? So I get that. But at the back end, you know, you really got to think about how, if I do that, how many people are actually going to buy it? How many people are actually going to? It's going to come over the counter. I'm sure that it's selling at the at the brew house or at the restaurant, but it's um, something that if you were to distribute it, it's a tough one to sell. I mean, people do buy them, but not like they do with just a pale, just like a, a single IPA or something like that. It's a tough one. Exactly. And with a style like that, we can't risk it sitting on somebody's shelf for three months. Because <sighs> yeah. if it's going to sit that long, it's going to taste like dog shit when you get it. Like, <laughs> So that's a thing that like I think the industry needs to really focus more on is not necessarily sending all these big beers out everywhere, but like sell them at your tap room. So, you know, somebody's getting them fresh. You know, they're not going to mule this thing across however many fucking state lines to sell it over the internet because some guy in Missouri really, really wants this beer that he's never going to try. He's never had before, but because somebody on the, like, again, somebody on the internet told him it was a big deal. Like he wants it and he's going to pay an ass load of money for it. Money that the brewery that made that is never going to see like for their hard work. Like, it's one thing it's, if you got go a, ahead. It's one thing if you got a guy. Like if you got a guy, I had a guy. I had a guy, uh, and I'll, I'll say it because we talked about it last show. Um, but I had uh, Fidens, which is just exclusively can sales out of the back of the thing. And certain days they got like two mm-hmm. or three releases, 
and I'm just interested. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to get you know pallets or anything like that. But I'm interested. in What are they doing? Because you see the pictures. You know, there's some some really uh, hype to it. We'll say instead of being a hype brewery, it's a lot of hype to it. But I have a guy that went there himself, got it for me, and sent it to me. The brewery saw that money. The only money that I that anyone made was the the shipping company to get it to me. Yeah. At that point, that made sense to me. But you're right. Uh, on the other end, for those guys that are you know trading on the internet and stuff like that. Yeah, you just you're paying out, and no one's gonna really see that. I get it that it does. There's a cost of doing business in the end, right? There's a cost of the person's time and gas. You paying the shipping up front, but at the same time, like, was it worth it? Was yeah. it really worth that when you could look in your backyard and probably find something equally as good? Yes, and like, who knows what that condition, what condition that beer is gonna be in when it gets to that final place? Yeah. Yeah. Was it in a hot trunk for you know two days, and was it that's on a back jostled of a UPS around? Truck yeah. And like, yeah, it's just it does a disservice to that brewery. I'll yeah. say this: I I I got the beer. I got like a two, three, and four of variety. Right, I got eight beers total. Um, and the first one I opened up was two days later. By the way, I got it two days after its canning date, so I got it real fresh. But you're right, the the shipping and everything. I opened up the first one, and I'm like, mm, I'm not. The second one of the same can was so much better. So there was something to the shipping that went into it that the day after it came versus four days after it came, it tasted better four days later than it did that first day I got it. Well, see, that's a th- that's the other thing is that people want beer fresh, like fresh in the can that day. There's actually a process called packaging shock yeah. that goes on. I know we talk about it all the time. Yeah. And so like that beer the first day, nothing it's, don't do it just don't just stop you're just wasting your time like, get it put it in the fridge relax let it sit, <laughs> like we our beers like especially our hoppy beers hit their like sweet spot seven to ten days after we've put them in the bright tank mm. like and we don't have a violent packaging process i transfer all my stuff with just co2 pressure like i'm very gentle on it but like going through like a big canning line shit like that like that really just agitates the liquid kind yep. of breaks it down on a molecular level and it has to come back together right it's like it's like that day after your vacation when you have that day off that like you need to like <laughs> i need that day i can't go right back, back to work into, yeah it. i'm gonna it's kill like that somebody kind of thing um, <laughs> that makes sense and it's crazy that just all of these kind of like i feel that the internet and widespread literacy have been the worst things for human society <laughs> um because now everybody has access to just say whatever they want and there's no when somebody says something on the internet about beer, especially, and I'm, I won't go into Untapped because that's uh, just oh, bro, don't get me started. That's just an don't, endless hole. We've we've had Yelp. Uh, we had people come on the show talk about Yelp and talk about Untapped, and uh, you know uh, this had too much flavor, and this had uh, not enough, and this was the, t- way the, too much peanut butter. But the, meanwhile, the you, best the best one we've ever got rated. Some guy came into the brewery, and it was like. Uh, uh, I really don't like this beer. It has too much of a beer aftertaste. <laughs> yeah, because that was a uh, reaction. And that uh, face and, of and he uh, was we, a professional. We, all, we were all just like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Our beer tasted like beer. You know, maybe you should drink some water, but that might taste like too much water for you. He doesn't even respond like, oh, we'll make it good if you come down. You're like, no, fuck you. If Yo, you're going to right say beer-flavored beer, you're a dick. <laughs> and then I was like, after that, I was like, oh, I'm now I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm not, I can't yeah. go on it. I can't look at it. I'm done. Yeah, it's just, it's like, just, you can't trust anyone's opinion because you don't know what their expertise is. And yes, there are some really great people, like, 
who are on these apps and stuff like that who are genuinely trying to rate a beer or like hone their skills in tasting and like keep a log of that but then there's also that asshole who's just like one star not my style it's like <laughs> dog why didn't you, you just not order it that day if you know you don't like a porter or you don't like a west Coast, then don't order it what are you doing like you're just trying to be a troll at that point yes because yeah. you don't get the attention you need at home and maybe you should look <laughs> inward bud like yeah Maybe it's a, a little self-reflecting journey you need to go on to make things right again. And then you'll enjoy our beer again. And, and that was the thing. Before Untapped came along, you actually had people that were, um, you know, they were loyal to a brewery. Mm -hmm. They were loyal to a brand. And, and they would drink that same beer again and again because they were like, this goddamn beer is just so good. And then all of a sudden, wait, I could get a little badge if I drink. 50 different beers? <laughs> oh, I remember the battle. Fuck your mother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 sorry for I, I'm sorry. It, just, it, it got me there. No, but you... I, fuck fuck them all. I remember it. the bad old days of rape beer when you had to, like, yes. have a sign-in and shit. Yes. Like, and that's where you would you go to, to, be like, held accountable. I was going to actually yeah. bring up rape beer. That was, like, a, somewhere you could actually go and, like, get legitimate reviews. And, and people knew who you were. Yep. You There was no, like... You know, Fuzzy Balls 66. <laughs> Fuzzy Balls. You know, was it was me. your fucking name where you lived. It, it, and, yeah. And who actually, it, like I said, it held them accountable. You could go back into their past reviews and see, are they legitimate people or are they just, like you said, trolling through people just to be a dick, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, and people have fun trolling to be a dick. Well, oh. What are we doing? What are you doing? There Don't was you have better things to do? Motherfucker. <laughs> Here we go. So we got. Uh, the New York City Brewers Guild got to do our Blocktoberfest this year. And oh, yeah, I saw that. It's awesome. It was really, like, it was a really good time. Everybody was, like, so excited to be back out, like, doing a festival again. And, like, it was a great day. Everybody had a ton of fun. We all got mm, a touch too drunk. Yeah. Um, As it does at festivals. Yeah. But most everybody, like, behaved themselves. There wasn't too much, like, throwing up in the parking lot or nothing. <laughs> like, Par for the course. But then I, f I just happened to flick open Untapped. Oh, no. And this is this is before I just, like, deleted it. Um, <laughs> and this motherfucker went around the entire festival. And I remember the guy. And if I ever see him again, ah, like, yes. I'm going to... Pour him the, the, the uh, pour-outs from yeah. the bucket. Uh, <laughs> You're going to get a pour-out, buddy. I'm not going to say any actionable threats, but I hope he has a very nice time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but he just went around and tried everybody's beer. And the only place he didn't shit on was other half. Of course. He's Literally everybody else, boy. he had some shitty comment to say, and he went through, and he tried every single beer that everybody had, wow. and he would be like, ugh, rinse this, and like, he was just being kind of a snot about it, Yeah. and I just like... He was a fanboy. Yeah. Dog, like, why do you, what do you get out of this? Right. Of just, everybody at this festival worked really hard to be here, and made like, came out, and... Nobody's getting paid for this. We're all out here like, well, sometimes you're getting paid for it yeah, like if you're an employee or whatever. Right. But like, we're all out here to like make sure you guys have like, can a have fun again. Cool experience. Like, we're trying to make it so everybody can have fun again. Everything we do as a brewery and in a restaurant, we're just trying to make it so you have a good time. And you had to come out here and just be a grump. <laughs> like, why? A grump. Like... <laughs> Don't just... <sighs> yeah, don't do it. It, 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 it. Just stay home then. At that point, just go to other half while the festival's going on. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, have, have a fun. good time. Have a great time. Go drink the, Go drink their IPAs. Like, See, not my... that's one of the guys where... Wait, they have IPAs? I, I, 
No, the best thing is if you get take an other half can. Yeah. Just take the label off and put it on your own can, <laughs> and you put it on. You go, hey, when you try this other half, oh, thanks, bro. Oh, this is the best. Then yeah. you're like. It is the best, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's the fucking beer I brewed, you <laughs> scumbag. <laughs> Caught you. I know it's good. I know, <laughs> I know it's good. Because I brewed a dick. I want to, uh, quickly, because we're running out of time here, believe it or not, it's been fun. Uh, let, let's talk about the future here. Where, where are we moving to? What what's Give us a little idea of kind of if there's any you know future plans for the brew house. And, of course, what's in the tanks and what's coming out in the near future. So future plans for the brew house are just at this point still just to get through COVID. But yeah. Whenever it's over, it'll be over. We were talking about the outside. probably. The outside, uh, you know, structure you guys have built and they kind of get rid of it. And now they're bringing it back and they're saying it's cool. I like the idea. It was awesome. People hated it because hard to get through the city streets now and hard to do this. I get it. It was always hard. If it wasn't the structure, there was a car there. So relax. Exactly. Right. There was a car right there. Um, or several cars. Or something more. It's completely, you couldn't even cross between the cars. They were that tight together at that point. All right. Besides that, you have a nice, big, beautiful outdoor space. You have like the entrance area where you have all your tables. Um, that obviously you kind of outside part you built during COVID to kind of extend the brew house because at some point you couldn't let anybody in. Yep. So you were serving right out of the window as we were talking about. But um, is there any uh, future plans for that structure or anything else going in the brew house that... I guess seating wise or, or besides the brewing area that's going to be expanded upon or, or changed. Yeah. I think our footprint is kind of what our footprint's going to be for right now. Um, we, we, we do like that outside area, especially in the summertime. Yeah. Oh God, um, yeah. Cause we, we have a really good relationship with the downtown Brooklyn Alliance. Cool. Um, and so we'll get, we'll get that street closed off every like once a weekend, oh, really? like, once a cool. month and we'll put on a concert out there and it's oh, free shit. for everybody that's to rock cool. up. We'll pour some beer outside and like, come through and have a good time it's nice too you got planters in there you got it was it would look like a nice cool vibe it was just big open sliding doors like yep. barn doors i go it was i was expect, inspecting the whole thing i'm like this is <laughs> this is better than what some of the other places are doing well, it's a, a really nice structure yeah and that's the benefit of uh, our owner also owns a construction company so like bingo well, there you go so <laughs> bing bong <laughs> bing bong <laughs> you know he, he's got he's got a team that knows what looks good yeah it did it was um, awesome and it matched the color scheme and everything so it kind of drew people right in yeah, and so that's kind of what it is. We're starting to, as we kind of, we've had another change in management in the restaurant as well. We have okay. a new general manager. He's got a lot of ideas. Um, and so we're going to start putting on, we're going to, as things kind of calm down with. Was it that gentleman that was sitting on the side? Yes. Yeah. Because him and I, we kept looking at each other. I know him from fucking somewhere. Because he kept looking over at me. I would look over at him. I'm like, I fucking know this guy. I don't know where I fucking know him. But I know this guy. Probably still beer to him at another restaurant Ooh, Who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, but we're going to start having like pretty regular like indoor events. Um, we've had really good success with like bingo on the weekends. Yeah. Like, I mean, any, been super cool. All those um, things work out here. You got like uh, uh, yoga in the morning. You got trivia nights, bingo nights, those kinds of uh, game night where they have old school games come out. Those work so well out here. Oh yeah, they work great in the city too. Like yeah. it's we have uh, trivia every Wednesday. Yeah, um, and we get a really nice crowd for that. Like right now, it's playoff season for the NFL, so yeah. like that's super huge. We have a really great crowd um, for soccer. Like nice, yeah, oh, oh yeah, cool. yeah. We get people coming in like. The days where like soccer's on early, I'll be in there brewing, and it's like ten thirty on a Friday morning, and they're like, "You guys open?" <laughs> nah, dude, it's ten thirty in the morning. Like what? Um, so we get that kind of, we get those guys coming in. Um, we're going to have a few more, um, we've had some really nice, like 
drag events that have really brought out a lot of uh, local community. We were talking about it two days, uh, two weeks ago. Our friend Mike over at American Beauty drag Bar and Beauty. Bistro uh, does drag a drag night. Uh, bingo, bingo. It it's drag his bingo. best night and best night of all. They slay it. They they have waiting lists. And it's crazy. It's a great time. Yeah, and it really like a lot of our staff are part of the LGBT community as well. And so like we like if they think it, like they want that to be their idea, like fuck yeah, let's do yeah, it. Cool. Like, and so it's super inclusive. It gets an, it gets a different crowd into a brewery. Yes, because like the like from being in the arts community, like a drag show is a different crowd of people than like coming to a brewery. And so like if we can get those people to meet, it it takes that like does what we really need to do in the industry right now and make beer actually more inclusive and not sure. just like saying it's more inclusive. And turning more people onto it. Plus you got the full service bar. So even if they don't like beer, they know they don't like beer, you got the full bar for them as well. Yeah, we, we have something for everybody. Right. And you know, like I always say to like my staff when I'm training them, like, you know, we, we not everybody likes every beer, but we can always find a beer for everybody. Yeah. Sure. And so like that's kind of what mantra. we're doing. That's yeah, a good mantra. Like, because there's so many different styles and like, We'll find something for you. You yeah, don't worry we, about that. We got worry, this. We'll get you. We got <laughs> we'll you. get you there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind so of con- where we're at. Continue events. Yeah. Continue stuff like that. Anything changing in the brew house? Going to update anything? Change anything out? Uh, increase any capacity? There's like no room. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like scoping out some. I think maybe in the front you have maybe some room for some more tanks, but. We don't have any space to add anything. Um, so it'll really just come down to process work. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're not really looking to expand anything there. I am really hoping to get... So right now we use a mobile packaging company, uh, Maltman Canning. They are fantastic. We I love a Maltman. We love those boys. Um, but I'm in the future, probably next year, trying to get my own line in there. So okay. it's a little bit more efficient for us. Sure. Um, but that's a whole capital expenditure. And like a wild goose somewhere stuck in the back? or Hopefully not a goose. But yeah. you know, no. Something. Yeah. Cost-wise, um, that would be a little much. but one of the, Maybe one of the monkeys. Uh, yeah. So I've been talking to this company out of Canada, uh, Cask Packaging. Yes. Yeah. Um, they do really nice small systems. Like, I'm not, like, I fucking hate a wild goose so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bad experiences? Yeah. yeah. They're just, they're. Is the claw doing it or was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, temperamental. Yeah, they're very temperamental. We mm. had we had a uh, goose that we rented in in Duclaw, and then we had a goose at. DC Row as well, and they were just, just constant battles. Yes, yeah. there was never, there was never a smooth packaging day. Mm. <laughs> um, like, but here I'm, we go again. Take Bertha out and get her going. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to change this chuck out again. Yeah. This part isn't supposed to wear out. What the <laughs> fuck? Um, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our next steps: uh, upping distribution and just selling more beer. Like, sure. yeah, I get, mean, it's got to be. That's probably that's, good for business. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. I heard that's sell a good business beer. model. Yes, to sell more beer. Do that. That's why I, I close. I, I know. <laughs> well, before we that. before Thanks, we get out of here, I'm going to say goodbye to uh, Instagram. Mike, uh, start giving us the big plug. Everything that uh, people can do to find Circa, uh, where you're located, and all that other good stuff. Yeah. So Circa Brewing, we are located in downtown Brooklyn at 141 Lawrence Street. Uh, we are just off the J Street Metro Tech stop on R train, the N train, and we're a couple blocks away from the Borough Hall stop on the four and five. Um, you can also get to us on the the A, C, and the F line. Oh, okay. It's just a little bit of a hike from the the train stop over to the Metro Tech stop again. Uh, we are currently open seven days a week. 
Monday through for, I don't know our hours. We open at 4 o'clock. <laughs> I think you open at 12 on the weekend. Yeah. Which is the, nice. That's why I was like, perfect. We'll get in there early. We'll get out early. That way it's no traffic. And it was it was a nice little, you know, quick in and out. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, we open. Uh, we actually open at 11. Um, brunch starts at 11, runs 11 to 3. Uh, and then dinner after that. Yep. Um, beer menu all day. Bar menu all day. Um, bar. Beer. Happy hour, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7. Ah. My, my manager will be very happy with that plug. Um, <laughs> trivia on Wednesdays, $5 beers all night on Tuesdays. Nice. Um, you can find us on There's socials so at, uh, at Circa Brewing. Um, mostly Instagram. Um, I'm pretty sure we're on Facebook, but I'm, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't know. What's your MySpace presence like? These uh, <laughs> very not great. Um, our top eight has really been divisive. Uh, it's it's, it's all Tom. It's just Tom, Tom, and Tom. That's all right. You get you get through the whole thing. And then in the end, uh, you got to come visit Circa. We had a great time uh, yesterday enjoying the food, the beer, the uh, the vibe of the place. Uh, come check Mike out. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things you need to meet him. And he'll hang out and talk to you about the beer as well, just like he did with us tonight. Uh, had a great time with you, Mike. Really appreciate you making the trek out here from yeah, Staten Island. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Tell Pete Davis and we said hi. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be in contact. And and good luck with, you know, you have uh, the New York City... Uh, um, New York uh, City Craft, Craft, Brew- Craft Brew Week coming up, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Brew Week is uh, it's in February. Uh, the kickoff, ba- the uh, opening bash is February 26th. It's going to be down in... What they're calling Industry City. That's uh, what it is. Industry that's we couldn't City. think of the name. We kept saying like yeah, Brooklyn Navy old, Yard, uh, disrepaired warehouses. Yeah, and repurposing. It looks it looks great. From that's uh, where transmitter is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're actually the Navy Yard. Oh, they yeah, are the Navy. Yard. That's what I said. I knew some, who the hell was over there? Uh, over in Industry City, it's actually uh, Saki Distillery. Oh. Really? There was someone else. It wasn't she, Big Alice, right? She, Big Alice didn't have a piece of that, or, or? it was a, it was a female, uh, Katerina. Uh, oh, that's right. You were talking about that. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't think of it. And she was there for a short while, and then she actually moved to, like, Ohio or whatever. And oh, I don't know. Hmm. This was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got that big kickoff party, and then a whole week of New York City uh, Beer Week. Yeah, a whole bunch of events all over the city. Um, we haven't finalized our schedule at Circuit just yet, but we'll have some special stuff out for everybody. Um, specifically, I'm looking forward to bringing back our uh, barley wine that we did. Oh, 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 oh my, oh, my. <laughs> barley wine. American, American style, English uh, style. American style barley wine fermented with New York State Concord grapes. Hey, oh, there you shit. go. Keeping it real in the New York State. Love it. Mike, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks so much yeah, for making the trip. This has been awesome. Uh, this is the World with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. Uh, you can check us out on uh, tomorrow, probably, on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, and, of course, always on the Hopped Up Network. Before we get out of here, Stephen, something to say before we get out of here. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you're afraid to go outside, still get something from your local breweries, bars, restaurants. Get it to go because when it's all said and done, you're going to need them there. Yeah, you you want them there when this is you old, want them old, there when it's over. Done. So keep uh, I guess. spend that money, you fuckers. <laughs> there you go, Pete. I gotta yield my time to beer maker. Oh, uh, beer maker. Beer maker. What do you got? What, what do you got? He's say? been very quiet tonight, yeah. and his camera went off. Oh, so oh. I mean, I could put him on go. the on the big thing. This there one here, you go. Joke. There you go. There's beer maker <laughs> sitting on the couch enjoying himself. Really hasn't said much tonight. No. But thank you, beer maker, for being part of the show tonight. This is the work with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. And uh, we out.
Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.